0: Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. <laughs> Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fuelled by Guinness, powered by celery. The show that is in seventh heaven. Yes. Now, on last week's preview show, we talked about the need to score some goals against Norwich, improve our goal difference and properly batter the weakest team in the league, as our rivals tend to do when they play them. Well, it couldn't really have turned out any better, could it? Well, actually, it could. Uh, Not only did we put seven past hapless, hopeless Norwich, the first time we've scored seven since beating Stoke at home in 2010, but all Chelsea's goals were scored by English players and all but Chilwell were scored by players who graduated from the academy. And if that wasn't enough, Mason Mount scored his first hat-trick in the Premier League and Hudson-Odoi and Reese James both scored absolutely superb goals. All the pre-match talk was about how would we cope without our two nominal strikers Werner and Lukaku. 17 Chelsea players have scored our 29 goals this season. And while it might be somewhat ironic that the one to miss out on Saturday was our false number nine, Kai Havertz, when everyone else is scoring, how much does that really matter? Anyway, the title of tonight's show is Full English Chelsea Fancast 846. I couldn't resist that, JK.
1: I love it, George.
0: Full I English, because I... it was, wasn't it? great title
1: and absolutely correct perfect how the devil are you dear boy i'm devilish today thanks
0: chidge thank you very much lovely to be on the show mm. good to see you on uh saturday i had the pleasure of your company for an hour or so after the game didn't i yes which was great fun yes thank you yeah um you you didn't you didn't uh you, you i didn't make the cut then for the fan bite jk
1: no i thought we were both shit <laughs> when we did it to be frank. So uh I thought, uh fuck it, I'll just put the beginning of it on it. And for, i like the uh the four second fan bite. I thought that was really right quite fun actually, just you and me grinning about Mason Mount with a picture of him before that uh before the steward came down to throw us out, which was about yeah. to
0: happen. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, yeah
0: yes. I know well, it was quite fun. I, I roared with laughter that I'd been cut out. Um, and uh, it's very kind of you to say that we were shit because I think actually it was I was rubbish. I was very. No, no, no. You. I
1: didn't help you very much. I should have. I should have asked you the right kind of no, question. I know, it didn't I help that there were too many fans around. But now, you know, that's my welcome to my world. No, you know?
0: You're much better. We keep we keep we all keep telling you, you're much, open, yeah, no. you. You make it into something that none of us can actually even get close to doing. Uh anyway, who have we got on the show tonight? JK. Well I I just won't I won't you know I won't be euphoric about
1: them. They're just excellent. Um uh we have of course the uh, the terrific Martin Wickham who always uh, always comes up with a with a, a witty response to everything. Very uh, very lovely to have him on the show. And of course that wonderful um that wonderful uh, um, journalist from uh, football.london, Mr Sam Inkasole, looking forward to being with him for the full mm. three, and a, three and a half hours.
0: Yes, we don't normally get the pleasure of the Football London Boys Company for two hours unless they've done something really terrible. And then this is their punishment, I think. Sam, lovely to see you. You're all right. You've had a bit of computer problems.
4: Yeah, hopefully you can hear me okay, yeah. um, I'm still having a few computer issues, but hopefully it will hold out for the next two hours or whatever. Uh, Thank you very much, as always, though. Good to see you all. Um, Thanks very much, as always, for having me on. Always a pleasure.
0: Always lovely to see you, and Martin can lend you some string if your computer gets a bit knack later (laughs) on. Uh, Martin, uh, not only is it always lovely to see you, obviously, but particularly tonight, because you've been a a super sub in for uh, the Housewives' Choice, uh, talking of knack. Uh, Clayton's still got back knack, so... Brilliant for you to, at the last minute, say, yes, I'll turn up. So, lovely to see you.
3: Uh, No problem. Cheers. Thanks for having me. And hopefully Clayton gets better soon because he didn't
0: sound pleasant. Yeah, poor chap. Absolutely. Poor Clayton. Yeah, absolutely. Best wishes to Clayton. No doubt he'll be listening to this. So, uh, yeah, mate, you know, keep taking the uh, paracetamol and the Voltarol. And lots of ice is what I would recommend. And get better soon, because we miss you. Uh, right, on the show tonight, uh, we well, I wonder what on earth we might talk about tonight. Well, uh, we're going to applaud the super appreciation for Matthew Harding on the 25th anniversary of his death. Uh, as ever, we uh, ponder Tommy T's uh, team selection, which is quite a fun game these days, I think. And we look back at the magnificent seven goals that Chelsea put past Norwich on Saturday. Uh, in part two, we discuss the need for patience with Kai Havertz. We praise Kovacic, having coated him off last week, uh, for his improvement in assisting. (laughs) Yes, well, there you go. That's football, isn't it, mate? Uh, Uh, It's about opinions, what can I say? Uh, Anyway, but no, fair play to him, as we'll talk about in a minute. Anyway, we delight in hudson O'Doy and Rhys James excelling in their best positions. And we laugh out loud at Mason Mount, not at Mason Mount, obviously. We laugh out loud at Mason Mount shutting up the Twitter haters with a fine performance and his first hat-trick. And in part three, we've got the results of this week's fannies for the Norwich match, uh, some questions from Discord, and the winners and losers in this week's Prem Predictions League. Well, I can, I can, you know, uh, kind of hijack that immediately, say the losers, of course, like they are every week, are me and JK. <laughs> uh, but uh, as for the winners, you'll have to wait till part three to find out. Uh, now, part four, uh, we're going to have a quick uh, wrap-up and preview of the Chelsea versus Southampton caribou cup match which is of course tomorrow night now as ever don't forget you can listen to the show live every monday at 7 p.m by going to mixler which of course is mixlr.com forward slash chelsea from fancast where you can join the many people in there who are messaging each other and uh commenting on jk's musical uh interlude while we had technical issues tony's in there lovely to see tony and mark anybody in. actually actually listening they were they were oh. apparently your volume's a bit low Well, I don't know. Maybe your ears are bunged up, Adam. Speak to me, JK. Hello, kids. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. There you go. Loads of you in Mixler. Lovely to see you all there. Uh, So there you go. Nice to see you all. Right, we'll be back in a minute and we'll be talking about Chelsea stuffing the Norwich turkeys. You, what, what? Think, first of all, canaries, not turkeys But, yeah, but ha- Bernard Matthews, mate Where did he make turkeys? Well, he didn't make them But where did he,
1: you know <laughs> Okay, well, it's just a moot point I just thought Bernard, Bernard can- Matthews'
0: turkeys okay. were from Norfolk yeah. you're, where all right, is- you're all right, you're all yeah.
1: right But it's a bit, you know, it's not Christmas yet So it's a bit confusing, just because they're canaries Anyway, the other thing is, pronunciation of carabao. Caribou, you always carabao. say? carabao
0: Yeah, church. but I call it caribou because it's what, after a what? pixie song Called caribou
1: but well, well, I'm glad you've
0: explained that. Now, Do you want me now, to play I'll, it to you to prove I'll, it? Or... Yeah, no, I'll
1: be less critical now. Now you've said that. It's good. It's good. I like it. I like it. And, and the third thing, um, I find that uh, we are always wrong with the team selection. Let's yeah. be honest. This We're is why I like wrong. to talk about it always, every time. Is there a way can we, we can, can actually,
0: we Can we start can... back into like the... the, the...
1: No, yeah. no, no. Can I just ask because we'll forget about it? Otherwise, is it possible? Could we make this into something? Could could we have a um, you know? Could other people contribute to what the team selection is, and then at the end, we somebody can, uh, they on mixers say, "I got it right." Yeah, I yeah. like that. Everybody has can to do, do
0: one. I, yeah. I do. right.
1: Yeah, no, I don't mean us. I mean on mixers. No, no, I, yeah. I,
0: mean I, I agree because I, I think because
1: this is such a it's so impossible to predict who's going to come in. There's always somebody comes in, and we don't know it's going to be so. Okay, but it's like Ranieri. Ranieri used to do the same except they're slightly different managers, Ranieri being a complete pile of poo. Anyway, um um let's uh, let's um, let's start. Thank you.
0: Thank <laughs> you so much. Right, welcome back. This is Chidge. Uh, and uh, I was gonna say before we start talking about the football, I really, really must uh talk about uh what a fantastic, a fantastic weekend, actually. Um I mean, I went out to a gig, as you all know, uh, on Friday night, uh, saw Tom Robinson band play with uh, uh, Mark Meehan, the lovely Mark Meehan, and the uh, delightful Marco Worrell, and a few other new people that I've, I, haven't, I haven't met before, Tony, and Jez, and Denz, and of course, Ramsey was there, and Paul Hay, and Martin, loads of people there, it was brilliant, and got absolutely battered, and woke up uh, feeling absolutely terrible the next morning, which I kind of deserve Staying stay in the Ibis Hotel, which I've never done before. Up on the twelfth floor, had a brilliant view of Stamford Bridge, which was a lovely thing to wake up to. Um, but it was just a brilliant weekend all round, you know. Then the football saw loads of lovely people at the football. Saw Rick Glanville got my my book from Tim Rose's new book from Tim. met A few Americans turned up to get tickets in the pub, and even rounded it off after watch. I mean, there's nothing better than watching your team stuff somebody seven 0 I mean, it's just delightful. And then I and I capped it all off by seeing jk um and uh, did a fan bite with him which he subsequently cut out because i was rubbish as we know from the intro but it didn't make any difference to my day i had such a brilliant proper chelsea i cannot tell you people how lucky we all are that we get to do this every other week and just spend the weekend with great people that you've known for years and years and years all surrounded by the football it's uh restored my faith in human nature but there you go um Something else which restored my faith in human nature actually was the wonderful way that the club and the supporters gave due deference and respect to Matthew Harding and the 25th anniversary of his passing this weekend. As Sam knows, I did a piece on it which got a lot of love, which I was very pleased to say. But uh, the banner on Saturday and the little video beforehand was, was really lovely. Sam, I'll give you first dibs on this because kind of you've got a more of an outsider's perspective in a way. But what did you think of it?
4: Yeah, well, I mean, for me, as I said on on, on podcast and on with, with you all before, um, I'm still getting to to learn about Chelsea and learn about the club and learn about the history of the club, and and this Matthew Harding is a very important part of the, of the history. I spoke to you about headlining um, your piece that you that you sent that you sent me um, because I wanted to do it justice because I know it was an emotional subject and a emotive subject, um, and yeah, so uh, just, and the, what, what I ended up falling on was how he was almost the catalyst for. The Roman Abramovich era that arrived in 2003. Um, before then, it was like there was, it was. You could you could call it the Matthew Harding era. I know Ken Bates was there as well. But yeah, the way that the club marked it was was very good. Um, the video, say that helped seeing seeing his son on there. Um, for me, as I said, it's still I'm still learning about the club and learning the history of Chelsea. So it's good for me. Um, to, to, to 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 help me get to know the club a little bit better, um, and yeah, it was all just very tasteful, which I think was good. Um, and yeah, but I mean, I can't really comment too much on this because I say I'm not a Chelsea supporter, so I'm very far out on 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 Matthew Harding. Also, I know of him, but I'm more than happy to pass over now to John Jonathan or or, or Martin because I'm sure they probably have much more interesting things to say than I can on
0: on the great Matthew Harden. Well, no, I I still think it was interesting to get your view, actually, Sam, because it would have been new to you. Because, I mean, to be fair to Dave JK, you know, he does, a does the as he likes to call it, the Matthew banner, uh, obviously on the nearest match to Matthew's passing. But I just yeah. thought the whole thing was beautifully done. I mean, I, I, Marco wrote a brilliant article the other week in CFC UK, and I agree with him. It's a shame we didn't have a minute silence, but maybe that's the modern thing, isn't it? But it was beautifully respected, I thought
1: it was wonderfully respected uh, and and also by the norwich fans as well you've got to take, uh, your hat, hat off, hats off to them as well um uh, and the banner is a is a thing of beauty and uh, i really do commend um anybody and everybody to uh, to see if you can see the banners go across before get there in time and they're um be- brilliantly worked out, brilliantly designed and it's such a plus for the history of the club to have all these these great uh, representations of these these figures from the past it's just brilliant and it was um it was a very emotional moment actually 25 years and uh um spoilt by a couple of people coming in and walking across saying excuse me while it was happening a couple of completely insensitive dicks but um i think we slightly get this more and more in the club at the moment with people who don't uh appreciate the history of what's going on, but you think that even the most the thickest person would have noticed that this wasn't a moment to be finding his seat but um indeed it was so uh, so we were not we were not happy. but no yeah the, 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 his, his standing in the club is 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 um, is is fantastic still and um, uh, because there isn't a Bates banner and there isn't a Bates flag. And uh, despite Bates doing what he did, so the impact that Matthew made was just—I uh, can't call him Matthew. I didn't know him well enough. But uh, the Matthew Harding made was because um, Chid, you—you you met him a few times, didn't you? Uh,
0: not, 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 not kind of properly. I mean, I, I used to drink in the Imperial, so I'd see him in there, and I knew who he was, and I'd also hello Matthew, you know. But I never—I didn't really know him. I couldn't like he wouldn't know who I was. I wouldn't be able to have a conversation with him. But people like Mark me and, and DJ knew him really, really well. Of course, I mean, course so, of course. So you know they they as you know because they're so deeply embedded with the club. I've had an idea about Ken Bates. What we should do every the, the, the match closest to Christmas Day, we should have an inflatable Ken <laughs> Bates, uh, about you know a massive one, like maybe something yeah. fifteen foot across, yeah. dressed as Father Christmas and fly yes. it across the stadium, what do you think?
1: I think that's absolutely brilliant. Uh, Even a cardboard cutout of him. No, it's
0: got to be an part. inflatable.
1: Yeah, but who who will be dragging the inflatable? Well, you can have will, these runners who, from
0: either yeah, end of the stadium.
1: Who will pay the several thousand pounds? I'll I'll start. You, uh, I'll
0: give you a pound.
1: Shall we have a, a, a crowd funder? Yeah, for we'll crowd fund it. For, no, because he'll a,
0: sue us if he knows about it. Of course he will.
3: We could take out a loan on really un- inflexible terms and struggle to pay it back. <laughs> that would be, that'll be a tribute, wouldn't
0: <laughs> <laughs> it? Oh, Martin, that's wicked, but very, very funny. I I, I
3: will always have respect for Ken Bates for saving the club in the 80s, yeah. but I'll always hold Matthew Harding in a lot more affection. I think that's the what could have been yeah. on that. Well, and yeah. It seems like it seems like the club have marked it more as the years have gone on and they did the program special program cover on the 20th anniversary and the video for the 25th so mm. yeah, they
1: did well. I think it, it, it's because of the, the the awfulness of his of his passing is, is yeah of a,
3: course a, yeah.
1: enormously but I, I do think there should be a there should be a you know a beats um memory just for saving the club because otherwise we'd be you know what would we be we'd be we'd be Thames Valley Harriers or something what yeah. would we be? we'd be be, Il- Ilbrook Rovers. Call the Chelsea FC. We'd be Ilbrook
0: Rovers. Yeah, Ilbrook
1: Rovers.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about the football. Um, and as, as I think as JK's dead right, um, we uh, we we need to do this weekly a, a, a pondering of the Tommy T select team selection because. We never, ever get it 100% right. He always... Th- I love him. I love him. He always throws a curveball. And J.K. and I really thought about it last week. And, I mean, <laughs> we, we, got, we got the front three right. But, I mean, I think there are people who are yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who could have figured out who our front three would be, to be honest. But we didn't see Chiloba coming. We didn't see uh, Silver starting. Uh, but, we dismissed uh, him.
1: Yeah. We said he, wouldn't, he yeah, couldn't I
0: know. play again, we said. Uh, but we got James Wright and uh, Jorginho. I said Jorginho would start and chill well. But Kovacic, I didn't think, deserved to start after his horror show against Brentford, which no, apparently so. apparently wasn't really a horror show. According to uh, Sam's colleague, Mr. Adam Newsom, who we know and love, wrote a massive piece on how wonderful... Uh, Kovacic has been all season, and how therefore how how awfully bad I have been all season by telling everybody that he's boo. not boo to Chidge quite right. Uh, but there you go, Martin. Uh, did that, anything surprise you about his selection? Um, possibly Chiloba. Um,
3: maybe I, maybe Hudson Adoye. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I've not. I've learnt not to think too deeply about team selections at the <laughs> moment because it's it's just There's an absolute... There's no episode. point with Tuchel. Cool. There's no point. It's a complete head fuck. He could have played Melang Sarr in, you know, centre-forward and it wouldn't have shocked me. Yeah. It's, you know it's, but, but what it's proof of is he's got full confidence in his squad and he's making the best use of it. And that's what we need, certainly, for the next couple of months because he's got games on all fronts coming up. So he needs to be able to trust... In your full squad, especially when key parts of it, like Lukaku and Werner, are
0: injured. Mm. So I mean, what what was interesting? I thought was uh, exactly exactly as you say there, and it is. I mean, you you wait till you see this, the team selection I've done, coughed up for tomorrow night. If you think this is nuts, but uh, um, Sam, you know, unlike us, who can sit here taking the Mick week in week out, you you kind of, I suppose, a tasked to try and get it as close as you possibly can, really, don't you? So. Did did you know? Were there any surprises for you, Chalobah, for example? Um, I mean, the only thing I would have questioned really was uh, Loftus Cheek not starting. But uh, what what did you think?
4: Yeah, well, I have to do a predicting team pretty much before each game, and that's just borderline hopeless trying to do that because I can never get it <laughs> right. Um, but uh, I think yeah, Chalabar was probably a, was a surprise. I think the biggest surprise for me was Loftus Cheek not starting because I, I was very surprised considering how well he played the last two games uh, in the Premier League. Um, that was probably the biggest one, as you said. I think the front three you could have easily predicted. Um Kante probably would have obviously played if um if he was fit, but he was injured, but he should be back for tomorrow. So uh, I would have put if I'd have had Kante, I think I did have Kante in my team because it hadn't emerged that he was injured until Saturday morning. So we, did, we uh, yeah, didn't was, even
1: uh, know that. We didn't know he uh, was injured, yeah.
4: Uh, no, nor did I, nor did I. Um, and it was just muscle fatigue, I think it was all muscle tiredness. Um, so they just didn't risk him which is fair enough because Kante is starting to pick up little niggle, niggly injuries here and there isn't he and you got to try and save him for, 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 for further down the line but yeah say so Chalabar was probably the, the one that was the surprise um, and apart from that it was, pretty, it was pretty, yeah. It was. It, it wasn't quite what I predicted, but it was pretty close.
0: Well, I'm. I'm so glad you're on tonight, as the professional, so to speak, about trying to figure out what Tuchel's going to do. Because when I, when we come to my team selection for Southampton, I'm. I'm relying on you, Sam. That's all I'm saying.
1: Well, well uh, Sam suggested then that Conte be playing, which I'm afraid I don't think. Well, really I, went hang
0: on,
3: hang party. on. A quick, he, he, quick he tease, did say, for Martin. He did say today that he's back, so. Yeah,
0: oh,
4: I'll be, oh. I'll, be, I'll be surprised if he
0: plays. I'm just going to reveal an exclusive, because obviously we don't get to this until part four, but I have picked Kante in my team for tomorrow night. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm Ooh. saying. The rest will be revealed later. Now, uh, Having, having
3: what, seen who you've picked him alongside, no wonder his muscles get fucking fatigued. <laughs> don't say anymore. <laughs> don't say anymore. Don't
0: you not say a word. Right, let's talk about these goals. I mean, it was just absolutely delightful. Um, Henry Winter, who I, I love, and, and he, clearly, he, like me, loves the clash. He, Henry Winter said this, this is brilliant, he says they'll be playing the Magnificent Seven at the bridge as well as London calling after this Chelsea in complete control, another Clash reference, well done Henry, I got it oh, uh, Mount Magnificent, Hudson Adoy superb, James finishing finesse Chelsea Academy delivering again and again and again, Norwich anemic, so there we go but uh, as we said in the introduction um, and as I was at great pains to tell JK about five times in my hungover stupor after the match, that uh Every single goal scorer, including the own goal by Aaron's, was was by an English player, which was was lovely. And I think the two things that come out at me at this are obviously, you know, that and uh, and and the academy's input into that, which I'll get onto in a minute. But Ben Chilwell, uh, J.K. became the first English player to score in four consecutive Premier League games for Chelsea since Frank Lampard in February 2013, and I think he's uh, back to his best
1: and then some. Did uh, but he scored in the um, he scored in the four 0 four nil four nil four nil demolition of um, uh, of uh, um, who do we play in the Champions League of um, of oh. the other day as well? So is that a record scoring five in a row and
0: and for England in the international yeah, break? Yeah,
1: yeah. So this is this as well as scoring four times in consecutive Premier League games, isn't that um, isn't that completely a record? Six times in a row. For, I
4: don't know, Sam. Remember? Sam, no. Nah. Trying to think actually because he did. He scored in the last game, last last game of last season as well against Aston Villa, didn't yeah. he? he? Obviously didn't start this season and has come back in. And I'm pretty sure he scored in every game that he's played apart from, or maybe the first one was it? Was that against Southampton? I think and he scored because, against Southampton. Yeah, he scored against Southampton. Yeah. So yeah, I think he has.
1: It it diminishes. Um... Uh, Alonso, somewhat. You can't then say, "Oh, well, he can't score goals like Alonso," because he's uh,
0: well, he can. He, he's
1: banging them in from I mean, every that volley. An- the the, two, every volleys, angle. the oh, that, two volleys, the two volleys. The Brentford volley was wonderful. Wasn't
0: technique, it? mate. Because yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've always, I've always gone potty about Alonso's technique, haven't yeah, I? You know, we all, we, yeah, all yeah. we all have, we all have. But
1: that's... Yeah, we were saying that he should be, be the only striker recently, weren't we? But um, mm-hmm. uh, they, well, as as always, there's no comparison with Chilwell on his game, Chilwell playing at his best as he played towards the end of last year in the Champions League in the final in particular is, is superb. And uh, that's why we were so bewildered as to why he wasn't picked mm-hmm. in the England side. But um, yeah, I think it's I think it's great that he's uh, he's back to his best. Yeah, great. it's
0: absolutely delightful. I, okay, Martin. I mean, I, I, I sat and you know had. Uh, shall we just let's just say after my monster hangover. By the way, there's been some news of of this on uh, Mixler. Tony uh, Tony says I saw Chidge pre match. He did not not in capital letters look well. At least on the failed fan bites, he looked semi human again.
1: <laughs> yes. Excuse me, the first one was not a failure. The first one was deliberate. The first fan bite, the four-second fan bite of us looking at Mason Mount and then laughing was
0: was good. Okay. Yes, because I didn't say anything. That was why it was good, wasn't it? Really? <laughs> just to be honest. I can take it, JK, I've got broad yeah, no, shoulders, you, mate. you
1: just came in on the edge. It was it was perfect. It okay. Was perfect. All
0: right. Um, Martin, Martin, Martin. I, I, you know, quite a reflection for me uh, post match on Saturday for many and obvious reasons. But one of the things I thought about, I just thought, this is unbelievable. I've just, we've just seen our team thump, OK, and, and it won't be the first time we'll say tonight, only Norwich. But you've got Hudson-Odoi, you've got Mount, and you've got uh, Rhys James scoring these goals. You've got Chloba playing. I mean, I think that we can really now, for once and for all, all put to bed the idea that Chelsea... Never, ever actually break their academy players through, you know. Repeatedly, even under Tuchel, you know, a third to a half of the team are academy academy graduates, and they're delivering. And I mean, it it just I sat down and thought about that, you know, and I just thought they're top of the table. They won the Champions League. They're thumping Team Seven nil, and half the team are coming from the academy. I, I I couldn't be more proud of the club when I see that. I mean, how did you feel?
3: Well, it's what people have wanted to see for a long time, so. You know, we're finally getting our wish a little bit. I mean, firstly, you know, Frank Lampard took the risk on bringing a lot of these players through. And Thomas Tuchel, of course, his full credit has kept going with it. Um, if you're good enough, you get in. He hasn't resorted completely to, you know, filling the squad with overpriced players. I mean, the fact that Zappa Costa's still out on loan, we can't get rid of him. But they've not come back in. They've pretty much been replaced by academy products all the way through, and yeah, it's there will always be more of a connection for uh match going fans, I believe. And the same, not just for Chelsea, I think this is for every club. And yeah, there's just a lot, a lot more pride in trusting your own.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. JK, does it make you warm and tingly? Oh, all over, even in the private bits. But
1: um, I, I actually really love the fact that um, uh, academy players from Chelsea even when they're transferred to other clubs do well I've I've great interest in that I think Livramento playing out of his skin is brilliant and you you have to admire the boy for saying I'm not going to get in the first team which he wouldn't do because they're all too strong so he goes to play for someone else and is outstanding makes you realise how terrific the the um the academy is becoming and even Brogia actually creates a is that how you pronounce his name? Was it Broja? I don't Bro- know. Bro, I've heard it pronounced Broja or Broja. Bro- or Bro- yeah. Broha, Broha, Broha. but um, uh, he's clearly a talent as well, and uh, he's only on loan, isn't he? So great goal, um, and uh, so yeah, great goal. But then you've and they've got the other two loanies, Um You've got Gilmore, and uh, who, I, I'm totally in despair about Gilmore because I don't know quite what you do in. Uh, if he doesn't get into that Norwich side, well, if
3: he if he doesn't get picked off that shit show they put complete. out there on Saturday, take him back because there's no way. Yeah. Looking at that rabble that was out there, that Billy Gilmore should be oh. sitting on the bench. They were fucking diabolical. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. I'm sure people have listened to the preview show we did with Rob Butler, who was the the he's the BBC does the BBC's podcast for for Norwich, and he was, you know. Absolutely ap- apoplectic that, that, yeah. that this guy's not playing because all the Norwich fans know how good he is and they can't understand it. But there you go. Um, Sam, uh, again, I, I always love having your perspective because I, I I can see that we would be a bit, you know, kind of uh, misty eyed about all of this, you know. But I mean, you know, you've seen it from, from all sorts of different sides, and Chelsea quite rightly got an absolute kicking didn't they for producing what was supposed to be very talented players and they never coming through I mean what, what, do you, what do you think that it says about the club when, when we put in a performance like that yesterday with so many great performances from academy players effectively
4: uh, it, it, it just enforces the point that I think has been around for quite some time which I suppose you have the best academy in the world and uh, obviously, but, uh, La-, La Masia at Barcelona was the one, was the proven ground, wasn't it? But that's that's kind of dried up now. And I think there were some concerns, obviously, in the summer with Chelsea losing some of their academy players like Lewis Bate when he obviously went to Leeds. Uh, Tino Livramento decided to head to Southampton and said he's absolutely tearing it up there. But Chelsea covered themselves there in terms of a buyback on him. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I mean, I, it, it was good for me to see it as well because, I mean, Rhys James, I'm very high on Rhys James, have been for some time. Obviously, you've got to be high on Mason Mount as a quality player and he's just now established himself as, well, he's filling an international now and an elite-level elite Premier League player playing in an elite Premier League club. So, yeah, it was good to see because um, I know Chelsea have obviously got lots of stick, lots of stick for, yeah, not pricking academy players. Or not fielding fielding an entirely um, foreign eleven, no British players in an eleven. Was that under Ranieri? I'm not sure. Um, but it comes it's come home to roost now that actually what Chelsea are doing with their academy players is working. Um, if they're good enough, they will play. And they've now got a manager, which I, there was a lot of concern when Suko came in as well that he wouldn't play the academy players that uh, that Lampard had brought through. But he's completely busted that myth as well. And it's just another. Another thing, another thing that he's done right is carry on the work that Frank Lampard did to bring those academy players, or those hands was forced to the transfer ban, but he still played them and his playing. is paid off. And Chelsea's top of the league, champions of Europe, a squad made up of a lot of academy players. You can't help but be impressed at the work that they're doing behind the scenes to link it all into one incredible machine that it is at Chelsea, going from the under eights to the first team, there is a pathway there. If, you, if you're good enough, you can make that pathway. So, yeah, I understand why some players might want to move on. But if you stick it out, you get the chance. You
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think, I think, it's, I mean, you know, I, I, and Martin did too, didn't he? A lot of credit goes to Frank's door, although we didn't have a lot of choice. It has to be said. But I, I think the most, I said this at the beginning of the season, I think the most significant uh, thing really about this season, J.K., is Chaloba or Chalabar, you know, who none of us thought would be anywhere near this first team, but Tommy Tuchel saw something and he put him in and he, I mean, that's another great stat. Chelsea have not conceded a goal. I don't think while Chaloba has been on the pitch. I mean, he's brilliant. To be be
1: fair though, I don't think it was a question of none of us predicting it. It was because he'd, he'd uh, disappeared below the radar going off to Lille, haven't he? So we didn't know how he'd played. And, uh, and but I he wasn't
0: I don't think any of us thought he was going to be the next cab off the rank and we're like av- agitating. Yeah, but once, for it.
1: once again he was an unknown, wasn't he? Clearly he, I mean that to me the, the the more significant one is um um is Loftus Cheek, who um uh was absolutely shite for Fulham last year. Yeah. And I was I was chatting to a Fulham fan this afternoon. He was saying he doesn't get it. He doesn't he didn't see any of that that he watched he watched uh um Cheek's brilliant rundown for the seventh goal. Um where he just uh, 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 received the ball in his own half, for goodness sake, just outside the penalty area, runs the length of the field, delivers a, an inch-perfect pass to Mason Mounts, a goal. He didn't see any of that at Fulham. He wasn't interested at Fulham. And it makes you actually wonder whether Gilmore suffers from the same thing. He actually feels, I'm not really going to do much in this environment, which I feel is the, is the reason that, that Cheek didn't perform well. It wasn't that he wasn't any good. He just psychologically didn't feel that he he was he was dealing with the environment he was in. But you know, Tuchel obviously has this ability to inspire, and they all want to play for him. They want to impress him. You know, an example I think we've to remember was was um, um, uh, Bar um, at Porto, clearly rushing up to when he was a substitute, rushing up to Tuchel at the end of the game, saying, "Hello, it's me. Look, I'm going to be playing with you next season." <laughs> because they all want they all want to impress him. And uh, and in a sense, um, if if Chalabar impressed in training, which he did. It's no surprise to me that he's picked him. So in a in a sense, it's it's not it's not that we should reward Tukov because he's using the the academy players, it's that they're up for it and they're really keen to impress him. And it's no, it's not difficult for him to put them in if they're playing out of their skins. But Chalabar has been, I mean, to go further with it, he's played, been playing out of his skin. And I was, I was intrigued as to see why. I presume he just rested Christensen, but Christensen's been playing out of his skin. So you've got all these defenders who are absolutely first class. I mean, yeah. one,
0: of, one of the things that I really liked uh, that Tuchel said over the weekend, I'm sure I saw it in Football. London actually quoted a one. of the boys tweeted it out, but his view on these academy players is is the way that they've been brought up. I I mean, I don't mean like kids, but the way that they've been brought on as professional footballers and their attitude and their desire and hunger to play for Chelsea and their understanding of what it means to play for the club. He yeah. He's absolutely bowled over by that. And I think that maybe that's why he's bought into it to the to the degree that he has. Um, right, going back to the point I made on Friday when I was whinnying on saying we really need to batter this lot because we need to sort our goal difference out because come the end of the season, it might actually make a difference. I have a suspicion that this league title will be very, uh, a very tight contest this year. Nobody's going to run away with it, in my humble opinion. So you know, we needed to start battering teams like City and Liverpool do frequently to very, very poor sides. And the what you Yes, indeed. That was <laughs> god bloody hell, Martin. I I laughed my head off watching that. That was so funny yesterday. Oh and yet, dear!
1: They got they got they got to five and they didn't press on. Yeah, which I know. I found very Muggs. peculiar. They could have scored Muggs, double they figures. Were they're, they're absolutely right. Yeah. What, Sam? They could Sam. easily hit ten. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What they happened? Them. They started they started just passing it around at the back. I didn't get that at all. I, I
3: think I thought... after um Pogba crippled one of the I can't do it was it Kater he went through. Yeah, not yeah. now I've, Kater. They kind of they're kind of very good. And they kind of um stood back after that, didn't they? So for yeah. me that I would have thought that'd be motivation to stick 10 on them, but maybe they just thought it's not worth risking another injury. It
0: it was brilliant and the reality is, as we know, uh, City and Liverpool do often beat a lot of very poor teams by quite a lot of goals and we historically recently haven't, but uh, just to give you an idea of what that meant uh, now, okay, this is before uh, Liverpool put five past United, but We're top of the league. We've got most goals scored, 23. Least goals conceded, three. Best goal difference, plus 20. Um, It's also the 18th time that Chelsea have scored six plus goals in a Premier League match and that's more than any other side in the competition's history and uh, our biggest top flight wins are 8-0 against Wigan in 2010, 8-0 against Villa in 2012. Both absolutely hilarious by the way. I I shall never forget the image of Martin O'Neill absolutely looking like he was about to explode. So funny. Uh, 7-0 7-0 against Stoke in 2010 of course 7-0 against Norwich on Saturday um, Sam um, do you buy into my theory that you know we do need to be really burying some poor teams because goal difference is going to be important at the end of the season
4: yeah absolutely uh, I wrote a bit um a couple of weeks back on Chelsea needing to find their ruthless streak in this run of games 11 scored in the last two games none conceded um, and done without Romulu Lukaku and, and and Timo Werner in the side as well. Um so yeah, it's so they did they, they did need to start giving giving the team a hiding. There was times that we expected it, I think, last season, but it never quite arrived because Chelsea couldn't put the ball in the back of the net too often um under two goals last season. They just did enough to get through because they weren't conceding goals, they only needed one to to win games. Now the their I mean as I said, Norwich were abysmal. Um, I didn't think I'd see a worse team than Malmo this season. And then Norwich came along at the weekend and were worse by a long shot. But yeah, it was, it, it's a very encouraging that everyone, Chelsea have got 17 different goal scorers this season as well. So everyone's chipping in. The goals are coming from all over the pitch. I think they've got the highest scoring defence in the um, in, in in the league in terms of goals scored. Of course, Chilwell's helping out with that with all of his goals. Um, and as I say, without Lukaku in the side, I know people say that Lukaku might have been a flat track bully if he played at that. If he played against Nor- Norwich at the weekend, and Chelsea probably could have hit double figures. I think so. It was very, very, very impressive. Um, it all clicked into gear, and it bodes well going forward because there was, if there was one thing that was perhaps that was a mark against Chelsea, especially last season, it was they didn't score enough goals. Now they're putting that to rights. Um, they've had a favourable run of fixtures to do it, but you're going to beat what fr- what's in front of you, and they've done it incredibly handsomely in the last two games and now who's it? Southampton then, Newcastle and Burnley on the horizon. So there's a chance for for, for even more goals for Chelsea. So if get, get get Lukaku fit then he could have a field day.
0: Well let's hope so. I mean the one worry, as I did say I mean we'll talk about him in part two, but it was a it was a shame Havertz didn't get on the score sheet as nominally he's our striker. But JK, one of the things that I was really impressed about those goals on Saturday, with a number of them that came from wide positions. So if you think about it, I mean, Mounts obviously was central because he... he, he great to see somebody shoot from outside the box and score. But the attack came down the middle. Uh, sorry, the the, the the left. Callum's goal, brilliant. I mean, Kovacic's pass was absolutely joyous. Can that- I just say
1: that absolutely about that pass, which is, it was wonderful. And his taking it was wonderful. And yet... Um, the Liverpool goal that Salah scored, mm. which is exactly the same, was was yeah, held up yeah, as being yeah. absolutely supreme, wasn't it? And you think, hang on a second, it's exactly the same kind yeah, of goal. What's, know, what's going on here?
0: There's a no-wank clause for Chelsea, mate. You but know exactly that. Exactly the agendas um, that they have. So, yeah, yeah, it was, it was yeah. But, uh, so, you know, so hudson O'Doy's was, yeah, was yeah, wide. Chilwell's goal yeah, was wide. The other Hudson-Odoi yeah, one, which Kroll put into his own net, came from a wide position. And Rhys James's came from a wide position, so I think the point that I'm trying to make is that we moan and get quite irated about, or, or irate even, about the fact that Chelsea try and play through the middle, short pass, side by side by sideways. Side. And actually, the way to really beat some of these teams is to attack down down the, the you know down the wide areas, and that's what they did. And I, I, I haven't seen Chelsea do that a lot under Tuchel, so I'm wondering if maybe he had to th- think about that. Particularly, is we you know we didn't have that target man again. So maybe there wasn't that that urgency to get it to Lukaku. It was just like, well, let's just attack. And if the space is down the left or the right, that's where we're going to go. And then we'll just figure it out from there.
1: I'm sorry to disagree with you completely, Chidge, but um, I think that that's what we do all the time, which is we try and get the ball wide. And it just is that they were so desperately inept. I mean, that poor boy—they boy, couldn't stop us. They, they, they couldn't stop us. Yeah. That poor boy on the left-hand side was was taken off at half-time because Adoy was—he uh, was—he um, was completely in Adoy's pocket. I mean, he just skinned him. Well, if if ever you wanted to improve the confidence of Adoy, Adoy taking people on, which he and skinning them, which he used to do all the time in the. Uh, academy is is that was perfectly made for him because he was rampant and that's how you want to see him play and uh um and and if he I mean, weirdly enough we were talking about the fact that he'd had six assists with Havertz, so we were looking forward to to the adoy havertz combination but in actual fact he um uh he provided a lot of interesting of of, of creative moments um so no i would i would i would disagree with you slightly i think I think that we're always trying to get the ball wide. It's just that uh, the fullbacks, opposition fullbacks and midfield are that much more normally that much more um efficient at breaking it down. So therefore we have to do intricate passes or not get the center across. But I I I I I think that is the aim. I don't think it was a specific Tuchel way of playing. I think I mean he was unbelievably animated for the first three goals. He, he, he seemed to find fault what i love about tuchel is will do a fantastic move and i'm going oh god that was great wasn't it tuchel down, down below me is going absolutely apeshit clearly there's something completely wrong that we haven't noticed that he wants to be out mostly it mostly appears to be when I mean, he had a great go at a doy again i think for not taking the fullback on he, he there are things he must just teach them in training or insist they do and they come into a match and they're just a little bit reticent, and he's saying, "No, look, you're not doing what we agreed in training." So he's, he's a he's a he's a, a bundle of, of of gesticulation is uh, is Tuchel if he doesn't think anything is working. And at the beginning he was he was annoyed that we hadn't gone up gone one up immediately after that very first move. But um, um, I like that in a manager. I have to say, if he's not, you know, we're playing well, and he's still not happy with the team, it's it's great because it. It, it looks to his desire per, for perfection in this environment, you know.
0: I mean, the interesting thing, before we, we go to part two, as you're talking about hudson Adoy because, you know, Tuchel's very harsh on him, isn't he? It, it appears to be. But yeah. I remember when I interviewed Colin Pates for the Chelsea special. And, of course, Colin Pates uh, was a teacher at Whitgift School where hudson Adoy went. So, effectively, Colin Pates coached him. And the, I mean, he told us a very funny story, which I can't remember all of now. But, um, you know, Hudson and has got a lot of confidence in his own abilities. Quite a cheeky chappie. Uh, so I think you know, I think he can take it. I don't think he's a, he's a sensitive type at all. But I think he's a kind of kid who needs to kick up the ass, you know, and ke- pe- pe- you know, got to keep on him, you know. But he can take it. I, I don't think that's a problem at all. Uh, and uh, I I I think brilliant because if you've got Uh, somebody like Tuchel managing hudson O'Doy who has decided, okay, I think I know how to get the best out of you and it's by by keeping on you all the time because by doing that I'm going to make you a better and better and better player. And I think occasionally in somebody's career you've got to have that. Like Frank Lampard, I think, became the player he did. I mean, we all knew he worked really, really hard anyway and all the rest of it. But Mourinho just basically decided this kid's going to be the best player in the world and I think I know how to make him that and I know what to say to make that happen and he did and maybe we might have something like this with Tuchel and hudson Adoy and we shall see but it's an interesting thought isn't it anyway um, before we go my usual plug for the wonderful veritable in fact uh, CFC UK fanzine um, as you know you can get a copy uh, in the uh, stall which is opposite Fulham Broadway on a match day or it's uh, you've got lots of sellers around Fulham Road and of course sellers uh, when we play away as well. But if you can't do any of that, don't worry, you can still subscribe and get either a physical copy or a PDF sent to you by email. Uh, to do that you need to basically uh you can pay by PayPal for the for the you know the hard copies, hard cop you know the kind of proper copies. 16 quid if you're in the UK for 10 issues or an individual one at two quid and you send that to fanzine at CFCUK.net uh, if you're in Europe, it's 35 quid. If you're in the rest of the world, it's 45 quid. And the digital subscriptions uh, are £6 a season or £1 each. And as I said, you get a PDF, but you still need to like, you know, send your details to fanzine at cfcuk.net. Right, we'll be back with part two in a minute.
1: fans real opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to chidge and the boys on the chelsea football fancast total nutters and proper chels football fancast.com
0: Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, and uh, it's now for part two of the show where we uh, beat Norwich 7 0. And uh, we were basically loving the fact that uh, so many people had scored, it's all going great. I mean, okay, it was only Norwich, blah, 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 blah. But the one thing I did notice in dispatches was uh, the, the kind of irony, really, I suppose, that of the seven goals that were scored, not one of which was scored by a striker. And I've been making a big play recently at the fact that while I don't think Werner is a striker, I think he's a winger. Uh, I do think that, actually, Kai Havertz is a striker, a number nine, albeit a very, very modern version of one, whereas Lukaku is an old-school striker, a target man, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I, I actually have a lot of faith in Havertz that he can play in that role, but I don't I don't think he played particularly well uh, on Saturday, which was a shame, really. I mean, obviously he didn't score, but I just think he needs patience, JK, don't you? Well, I didn't think he was as he fannied about a bit, but I, I I don't think he's
1: as bad as you as you made out. Actually, I think. Um, uh, Sorry, I'm disagreeing with you again today. Uh, when did
0: tonight. I make out you, he was bad?
1: Uh, when I saw you on um, on Saturday. That was
0: for private consumption.
1: I, I'm a bit confused. <laughs> okay, so privately you think he's not very good, but on the now, fan you at think the he's end of okay. the
0: match when I was you know hung over i i was a bit kind of you know meh about him but uh, i don't think that now i don't think he had a bad performance i think it was a shame he didn't score and i just think he he just wasn't on it but i think that's the kind of player he is you know i i mean look let me just explain let me just explain because i don't mind that in habits weirdly because i don't think he's a lazy player i think i think he can he can still contribute, and he does. He gets stuck in and stuff like that. It's just sometimes it doesn't work for him. I, I wouldn't. Com- I mean, I think, I think Ziyech, who I'm not a fan of at all. I think he's a lazy player. I think he wanders around. He's always trying to get a worldie. It's all about him, and I don't think he really puts it in.
1: I think he's lost his way, though, Ziyech. I think he he, he appreciates that he's not going to get in the side unless he he performs um in a exemplary, in, in a marvellous fashion. So you know, we had that little bit of of excellence in the corner from him, which got a huge round of applause from uh, the West stand and the, the Matthew Harding in the corner. But I, I, I feel he's a bit of a lost soul because I don't quite think he, he's not coming up to scratch and he's, he's just not providing it. And I feel a bit sorry for him, but because um, he over tries or uh, it's just not working for him. Um, uh, those are mortal words. Yeah, those are great words. Whereas Havertz, um, uh, uh, there is the feeling. I mean, Barney Ronay in The Guardian said he was like a a, a Jane Austen character who hadn't quite quite <laughs> found, found <laughs> any of.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. Which yeah. one? Which one?
1: I can't remember. Sergeant. Can't...
0: No, that's Hardy. I'm thinking of who was the who was the one in Pride and Prejudice? The 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 the. the little... that,
1: that, this is um. That's um. That's um. What you call it? Jane Eyre. In um. That's what's her name? That's um. That's uh. I'm, I'm confusing my characters here. But um uh i know what you mean there's a kind of sort of it's somebody who's lost his horse he's not quite you know he's not quite he's not quite on top of it but um but i know but he he i think he contributes a lot more than we let on. i i just think he's he's better playing as the as the, the fake nine because he's got so much more um uh he's, he's got a plan he's got an idea of where he's playing if he's if you've got a striker, he's not sure what his contribution is. Is he supposed to centre? Is he supposed to score himself? I don't I don't think he really knows what his role is. And I actually felt he played better than he has all season in that position, actually.
0: OK. Martin, what
3: say you? Um, yeah, I was a bit disappointed from him. I mean, he scored a lovely goal against Malmo, so I was hoping he'd continue that. But and he didn't look completely out of place. And as for Ziek, well, he still had Tim Krulov stretch at the end. That was a ridiculous shot. Oh. Um, yeah, I... I we're going to need him to be around and get used to that position for the next few weeks, I imagine. So, um, yeah, I think a bit of patience with him will be good. I think, and I think he'll he'll chip in, he'll contribute. I've no fears about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really hard. I actually feel for for Havertz a bit, uh, Sam, because he's had a a bizarre kind of induction into Chelsea, hasn't he? You know, coming into the club with COVID, getting COVID being hugely rated by everybody who has an opinion on football as the next biggest thing, which will put a lot of pressure on a young man coming to a foreign country. So he has a pretty poor first season. Then he scores the winner in the Champions League and becomes an instant legend, obviously. Uh, it's a bizarre it's a bizarre induction for him, but the reality is he's still very young. He's clearly got oodles of talent. I really do think we just have to be really, really patient with him.
4: Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head there. What he's 22 yeah. now, so he's He's got so much time on his side, and you can quite clearly see the talent that he's got in there. He's, he's one of the, he's, he's an incredibly elegant player. Um, in, in that regard, it might not look as though he does the dirty work, but he does. Uh, he's got an incredible turn of pace, which I think is ridiculously underrated. How quick he is, uh, and he knows where the goal is. And we saw in his um, latter days at Bayer Leverkusen after lockdown when football uh, football came back. I think he scored about six goals in the last ten games or something. So. He's, he's certainly better as a, in, this, in a central role, be that as as a number nine, which Tuchel actually thinks he can be a full-on number nine, or in this false nine role, which I think is, is probably his best at the moment. Um, you're absolutely right there, everyone. Yeah, you just patience with him and it, it will come good. Um, first season, yeah, up and down, incredibly mitigating circumstances. So he's effectively starting again this season, despite scoring the winner in the Champions League final. Uh, but he's almost like he's starting again. Now that Lukaku's at the club, it's another player for him to learn off and someone that was obviously playing in his position as well. So he's got, he's, don't get me wrong, he's still got to do work and Tuchel will demand more from him. He's already said that he feels like he needs to do more. Um, he's doing it with Hudson-Odoi he's, he, and Ziyech and and Havertz is in that category. He can have all the talent in the world, but he still needs to put the work in. And I think he does. Um, it's, just taken, it's just taken a little bit longer to perhaps to acclimatise than, than, than what he'd hoped. But as Martin said, Absolutely no concerns about him coming good at any point soon. Um it, it's just a, it's just a matter of time before he explodes and and yeah, he could perform but potentially sorry, form a potentially devastating partnership with Lukaku. if it clicks.
0: Mm, absolutely. Or or even Mount, of whom there'll be some chat later, obviously. Um I was equally uh, it's quite interesting actually. I love this is why I love football, JK. Because I, I had the hump about Kovacic after after Brentford, and I was sitting there going, and well, I, I think I said this to you, didn't I? I said, so what, what does he do that Billy Gilmore or Conor Gallagher wouldn't do? You know, I said he, he's a great uh, defensive-minded midfielder, but he couldn't score if his life depended on it and his passes completely go awry. Uh, which means we don't ever finish anything off. Blah, 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 blah. And he was quite rightly hooked against Brentford. And then this week, he's a completely different bloody player. But not only that, and uh, Adam uh, made a really good point in the piece he wrote on Kovacic today, that he's he's doing less uh, ball carrying you know, up the pitch and releasing it quicker and more accurately. And his stats, uh, not that I ever take too much stall by stats... Are vastly improved, but he he played really really well yesterday. I think. I mean, he was an, he's a, he's a candidate for man of the match actually. But two great assists. That pass to Hudson a Doy. bloody hell, that was a Guinness moment. And on its own, I think. But uh, uh maybe I maybe I was a bit too quick to judge. Well, no, I think he 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 gave
1: the ball away all the time yeah, again.
0: He did. He did again. The
1: and they they started attack. Well, they didn't. The first half they just booted the ball up the pitch. But um, subsequently, it 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 was an example of um uh, we we were all over him and uh, we were in very good positions and he didn't provide um a pass that 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 was on goal that should have, should have been a goal scoring opportunity um perhaps he had an off day i mean i am I'm, I'm bemused actually that he's not carrying the ball much more out of defence because that appears to be one of his great skills is being surrounded by three players and bursting forwards and coming out with the ball and then setting an attack up but um perhaps it's that we're not used to him being in a position to feed the ball through to forwards. Perhaps he's getting further forward. And this is why we're seeing these, these, um, uh, these moments where he fails to, to pass the ball through because um, um, I thought that was his major strength was taking the ball out of midfield and then, and then putting someone, not putting someone in, but then distributing the ball. Um, So do you think that's a possibility, Chidge, that he's actually getting further forward and we're, and, and he isn't actually, threading the ball through the eye of a needle because defences are pretty... I mean, Brentford's defence is pretty good. I mean, I was bemused to see Brentford played well again at the weekend and lost again to Leicester through a couple of uh, of sucker punches, really. So um, perhaps Brentford are, in fact, you know, a pretty decent defensive unit and we were actually slightly um, critical of him because it it was no having said it though his passing more shit wasn't it
0: well i mean he had an off day i mean it happens to yeah. the best of us and i'm prepared yeah. to accept that yeah but, but
1: it caused you to be really upset with him
0: i don't know why i think it's because i like him actually and i and i i, th- I think it's also actually a lot of it's to do martin with my frustration that i think that we have too many uh, too many defensively minded midfielders, and I think that that 's for me that 's the reason why our strikers have not been scoring actually I think they don 't get the service that they need because we don 't have the midfielders that can either get onto the end of things or can link the you know link moves and set the attack up effectively because they 're too they 're too deep or their passing 's not good enough. I mean we all know that Kovacic couldn't shoot to save his life but uh, he can't but we now know that he can do fantastic passes so basically Martin he just they need to do more of that because it it looked good
3: yeah and it gives opposition defenses something else to think about as well if you don't know if you can predict where the ball's going to go who it's going to go to it's easier to defend against if the attack could be coming from any one of Seven players, and you know, Rudiger went on a few rambles as well. Here, let's he, not forget he is, that he is
0: so on a on a spread bet in the dressing room to score a goal, isn't he?
3: It is. It, I think if it, if it happens, you're just going to see the the entire team, the subs bench, the physios, the coaching staff, they're all just run on the pitch and bundle him because yeah. <laughs> but in, in terms of defending, oh shit, now he's coming forward as well. It's just giving them variance, and I mean, I I didn't really notice Kovacic been any more poor than other players were at Brentford, especially in the last bit where I think they just collectively shat themselves. Um...
0: <laughs> I think it
1: was during the period where they weren't shitting themselves. Oh,
3: yeah. He
0: got hooked off after 60 minutes, didn't he? So he, he yeah, was...
3: and, and then the game went to shit after that. So what does that tell you?
0: Well, I, well we lost control of midfield and we, we talked about that last week, the irony of that, but uh, I still think was the right, it was was the right decision to take him off. Uh, I think that what changed, I'm not going to go over the last week's show, but what changed really was not that we took Kovacic off, was that they changed, brought force on, put him on uh, Ruben Loftus' cheek, and the whole supply just died as a result. Mm. Um, Sam, um, moving on to Hudson-Odoi and, and Rhys James. I, I I just think, I mean, you know, it just shows you the benefit of playing players in their best positions, really. Um, I, I thought Hudson-Odoi was absolutely superb um, against Norwich. I really, really do. That's that's the kind of Hudson-Doy that I want to see. And I just think that, that Rhys James is... I tell you what, Sam, I you know, and I, I love Mason Mount, but I've got to be honest, I think Rhys James is fast becoming my favourite Chelsea player. He's got so much skill. He's a tank. The number of times... I mean, that that brilliant thing in the... I think it was the first half when a Norwich striker wanted was chasing the ball down in the penalty area and Rhys James basically just stopped and stood in front of him and he couldn't move him it was he's he's got it all mate and that goal the finish but these two players i thought playing in their best positions were absolutely superb
4: yeah and uh, as i said at the, at the beginning i'm incredibly high on Reese James there was a moment i think it was in the second half when he picked up the uh he, sorry he he won a foul got up passed it and just immediately sprinted up the pitch, um, up to an attacking position. So that's clearly been drilled into him from Tuchel. He's, don't worry about the defending; just get yourself up the pitch and go and get yourself involved. Obviously, scored at the weekend as well. So well, that he was he was brilliant. Hudson Odoi, yeah, he was my man of the match. Um, I think he probably could have got a couple more goals if he had stayed on a little bit longer than he did. But yeah, it, it was it's no surprise everyone's been wanting to see Hudson Adoy play off that left of the front three for so long. Even Tuchel's admitted it, but um, he's played him my right wing back in um, to give some players some rest. Uh, and to rotate a squad around, and uh, he thinks he can do a job there. But uh, two obviously, he knows that left wing is his is his best position. And he gave, especially in that first half, I think it was Ozan Kabak, wasn't it? The, the Norwich defender, he just gave him nightmares. Um, it was he so got good. Taken to
0: him. off at time, didn't he?
4: Yeah, it was so good to see him just pick up the ball and just run. A di- his direct run, a direct run in, uh, in, in t- taking a player on and easily beating him. I think it was in the build to the first goal, he breezed past Kabak like he wasn't even there and yeah it, it, it was no surprise I brought him into my fantasy team this week for that exact reason and he repaid me incredibly well with 12 points so yeah that was all well and good um, but yeah it, 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 in, in terms of him and Rhys James I still think I, I like Rhys James as a right-sided centre-half as well I think he can still do that job I remember the excellent job he did on Jamie Vardy in the cup final despite the defeat in that one uh, and I think he played against there in the league game against Leicester as well when Vardy was um, when Vardy started so I think yeah, James can still play that position, but he's just got such an offensive and attack-minded nature to him that if you play him as a as a fullback, he's essentially playing as a winger anyway. But he's got that defensive capability, and he's an all-round, very versatile player. He's going to go very far um, if he's not even there already, really, with Chelsea. And if, he's obviously an England international already as well. I can only see him take, making that spot his own. I know there's a lot of competition for it between him and Alexander Arnold as well. Um, they're very, they're both very similar players. But yeah. They were both fantastic at the weekend. Hustle and yeah, probably my man of the match. Um, just wish he stayed on a bit longer, really.
1: Yeah, it was a fabulous moment, wasn't it? When the when the ball was um, uh, kicked over the uh, I think it was Sergeant, the Norwich guy, the uh, striker's head, and James just controlled the ball instantly from the, from the air, and I think he just held him off and went past him. And you just thought, this is a class class player, Rhys James, just doing that small bit of skill that lots of players wouldn't have been able to do at all. It was. Uh, that was another great Guinness moment for me, actually, Churches. you got the, you got a Doys goal and then you got got the pass and coverage and that moment as well. I'm afraid I, I was,
0: oh, me too. I mean, there was also bizarrely around. I mean, I'm trying to make a note of these now when I'm at the game. But no. with that involuntary, ooh, moment, you know, which is what Guinness moments are all about. And I had one in the first half, but I can't remember what it was. I couldn't remember what it was, but I definitely had a moment like that. Uh, half of them didn't even make the cut, mate. This is this is how, you know, it was replete with Guinness moments. And it was as replete with Guinness moments in the match as I was on Friday night.
1: Is it possible as a non-drinker to have another alternative just for me? No.
0: OK. No, it's Guinness, mate
3: there's no, case. there's not there's not percent cans of Guinness
0: available now yeah there are aren't there they, are. Aren't they? <laughs> why, why would you yeah. good point uh, <laughs> anyway uh moving on enough of my alcoholism they'll be calling me an, they'll be calling me an alcoholic you da next they'd be half right i suppose um anyway uh moving on uh, and I'm sure Martin may well want to chip in about recent and uh, Hudson and but I think we really need to save the best to last actually which is uh, which is mason mount um Obviously, his first Premier League hat trick—a uh, bit fortuitous, one might say. I thought his first goal was absolutely great. I mean, that was a—you know meaning and one—he's been meaning to do that phrase. He's been wanting to do that phrase. Finally, he got a good shot off uh, outside the box, and I thought it was really clever because he put it through the defender's leg. So Krull was completely uh, blindsided by it. Um, the second, of course, was beyond hilarious. I mean, you know—you know—it's not your day. When uh you know you have to have we, we save a penalty and I do you know what I was so, I can't remember it, it was a lovely guy I I was with him. I couldn't remember his name at first because I've got a memory like a sieve but uh, I sat next to Paul and Mark but uh, I've sat next to you before actually lovely lads and I was saying I said cruel will save this penalty and lo and behold he did because he's a good penalty saver and uh, and then he, then it then it had to be retaken I mean it was just ridiculous wasn't it. Um, very cruel, wasn't it, J.K.? We were saying it was very cruel. Audially cruel.
1: What I liked was the fact that cruel um, then came up to Mount and clearly abused him for several seconds yeah. about being inept, and he wasn't going to score again. And then he just smashed it down the right down the middle, and cruel missed it. when well, it did, bounced yeah. off him, I think. Yes, but yes. Um, yeah, good, good for him. But yeah, the, the linesman got it right. The linesman got a got a. a, 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 a a volley from Cruel as well, for clearly having pointed it out. Which he was, he like...
0: was absolutely off his line. The replay clearly showed it. Of course, he was. Eyesore, of course yeah. he was.
1: But yeah, I don't know what what gets what players do nowadays, knowing that everything can be seen on the, the video screen. And also the linesman's actually standing there. It was a vile it, it was a
3: vile trip. To... trip. It was a vile chip that brought it up. So yeah. I, like you, Chidge said, yeah, he'll save this penalty, especially saved it, you know. Bollocks! Didn't think too much about it, and then guys behind me says, "Wait, wait, wait! Yeah, he's, he's, he's been shipped, He stepped off yeah, the line. Yeah, he stepped yeah, off the line. Yeah, he stepped yeah. off the line." Yeah, yeah. And uh, then I
1: thought just... it was intrusion originally. I thought it was um, that all lots of Norwich players are rushed into the penalty area before the kick was taken. But no, that made no, It
0: was definitely cruel overstepping. Um, I thought his his hat trick goal was lovely as well. Ruben did really, really, really well. Thought he'd lost it, but he just dinked it to him. <laughs> Very quick, and I'm really glad he passed it to Mount. Easy, easy tap-in for his third. I mean, Martin, um, he, he's he's now scored the most goals for Chelsea under Thomas Tuchel, which is nine. Kai Havertz is the second with six. Um, I think this is quite a landmark for Mount, getting a hat-trick for Chelsea. And I was, I was thinking, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, we've occasionally made comparisons, Lampard-esque comparisons, and then everybody goes, no, 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 you can't say that, you can't say that. But statistically, they're not a million miles away. In fact, I would suggest that Mount's slightly better uh, than Lampard at a similar, uh, you know, time in the club. Um, But I think getting a hat-trick is really, really important. You know, it being that Frank's the greatest uh, goal-scoring midfielder the world has ever seen. And we want Mount to be a great uh, goal-scoring, I would still call him a midfielder. So um, are the comparisons beginning to get more valid
3: I think we need to give it a little bit more time before that. No, but why, would one,
0: we, why would we want to do that?
3: You're still pissed. Um, I wish <laughs> the I was. One, <laughs> but the, the one thing we said about Mason, man, he needed to add goals to his game. And, you know, when he had a shot, keep it on target, you know, get into position, shoot, convert them into goals. And it's the one. It was the one missing thing. And if this is the trigger now to give him a, a lot more confidence, to, you know, try from the shots from the edge of the box, Runs in, you know, following in things like that because the hat trick goal was basically following in when Loftus Cheek went on his run. So, yeah, I mean, he he could get there. I mean, it'd
0: be bloody good to find out, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. It really, really would be. Of course, the best thing of all, Martin, was the fact that it shuts up all the uh, idiots on social media who have this un- unbelievably stupid hatred for Mount. Joe Cole made a point of it on BT as well, apparently. But it's uh, it was, uh, as, as Marco is wont to say, you love to see it.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's always fun watching so many wankers get knocked back into their shells. But, you know, there are people who do far more, you know, tactical analysis of these games than I do. And they've spoken to coaches. And the one thing that's come back from a multitude of them is that Mason Mount is one of the most the best players for interpreting tactical instructions. So when he's worked with Tuchel, Lampard, whoever he was with, it, Tess, I can't remember if it was... Slutsky or someone else but they were able to rely on him to take an instruction act upon it and interpret it and you know do what the coach wants and that's going to get you very far as a professional.
0: Mm, interesting point. I didn't know that Martin that's a good knowledge did you know that JK? Uh,
1: no I didn't actually I did know that Tuchel had said that he thought he was a bit lighter of and um uh whether he got slightly overweight after um the uh, the the break the this, this summer break, um, and felt that he was a lot quicker than he had been, and um, I, th- I thought the proof of the pudding was was in the eating. There, I thought he was he was. Or, or the
3: not eating.
4: <laughs> very good, very good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it's. Oh, sorry to sorry to butt in, but what, what what Tuchel said about Mount as well with his relationship with Lukaku as well is he said I think it was him and Kovacic had the best understanding um, with with Lukaku at the moment, whereas all the other players are still kind of getting used to Lukaku's way of playing. Uh, but Mount was one of the first ones that immediately struck up a friendship and a relationship with Lukaku and in, in, in how he wants to be played. Um, and there was no coincidence when uh, he was out at the side with him, not Chelsea lost both of those games against City and Juventus. So just a small thing there. But yeah, and the two calls obviously incredibly high on Mason Mount, as we all are. So yeah, it's, uh, it was no surprise to me that he ended up back in that hat-trick at the weekend. It was just about time because, as, as you said, it's, his goal scoring was becoming a Bit of a, a bit of a concern, not a
1: huge one, but was a bit of a concern. Can I can I ask, just ask a question here? Uh, given the fact that neither Jorginho nor Kovacic can actually shoot, um, should they ultimately be playing uh, in a kind of the best Tuchel team that we can come up with? Given that you want goals to come from everywhere, what do we think? Anybody? Well, they offer. No, Mark, you, you chimed,
0: chimed up first. You go well, go. the first the
1: first thing I'd say, I think
3: you have to have some sort of control. You know, with link with the defence and the attack, and what's the one thing, man? You don't have a link with the defence and the attack. It was basically four blokes doing one thing and six doing the other. You need people in the middle who can bridge that gap. And I think that's what Jorginho, Kante, and Kovacic do. So, yeah, I think there's a place for them. But I would like to, I mean, I've seen Jorginho and Kovacic both score screams in a Chelsea show. Immediately, he's only one. And I think they were both against fucking Fulham, but they're, they're capable of it.
0: I mean I, I would agree almost entirely with Martin there, JK. Um I, I I mean, you know, I think they're all fantastic players, whether it be Jorginho, Kante or, or or Kovacic. And I think what they do for the side is tremendously important. My only gripe is is I do think that for one reason or another, legacy, call it what you will, we've ended up with too many defensively minded midfielders and not enough box to box stroke creative midfielders. I mean you know, where we need another Fabregas. You could you could argue somebody who can make that incredible pass. So my gripe really is not with them. I, I just wouldn't play them all at the same time. I think you only need one of those players and then you can put next to them either one or two more creative-minded midfield players. You know, I think this is why I've got so many hopes for Loftus-Cheek being able to adopt that Indeed, role.
1: But that's why we didn't understand why Cheek didn't play against Norwich because we thought that they would be easy pickings instead of which he plays he plays Jorginho and uh and Kovacic together which 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 took us by surprise and yet
0: Kovacic was a candidate for man of the match and was very creative and made two assists so I'm gonna I'm gonna lob this hand grenade at Sam because he knows far more about this than we ever will but I mean can you can you kind of try and make some sense out of what we've been saying there Sam because I mean we managed to talk ourselves in and then talk ourselves out of it by the sounds of it
4: Sorry, I meet mean, myself. I should learn how to work Zoom by now, shouldn't I? Um, I can understand it. Uh, I, if I see a midfield three of Jorginho, Kante, and Kovacic, for example, I'm kind of not sure. I'm, I'm struggling to see where the creativity comes from in that team. Sometimes, uh, I think Loftus Cheek, how he's how he's come to the fore, I think he's going to get major, major minutes going forward. I say no, it was a surprise that he was benched at the weekend, but I think inter- he's probably the the box to box midfielder that Chelsea do have. Uh, at the moment there so yeah I could, but I can certainly see where you're coming from if it was me I well I think if, if Kante's fit Kante plays simple as that uh, and it's probably Jorginho alongside him because of, the, of his conductoring abilities the way that he can keep Chelsea taking over passing the ball especially now that they're playing with win backs passing the ball wide and getting moves started out that way so yeah and then Kovacic would have to be the full guy initially playing three midfielders and which is harsh on Kovacic because I think he's had a good season so far um, but if, it was, if I was going to pick two midfielders in there, you know, it would be Jorginho and Kante for me personally. So, yeah, but I can absolutely see where you're coming from. Um, sorry, my, my laptop's gone off there. Um, yeah, I can't really add any more to that. No, I, know, no. I know you said you wanted, you wanted, you wanted to get a, a, a better opinion, but I probably haven't given you one but I think,
0: I think <laughs> you, you kind of answered it in a way, Sam, because it just shows you how difficult it is.
4: Um, it's incredibly difficult. I don't, yeah. I don't end up having to make that decision.
0: It is. I mean, I just think maybe a few more horses for courses. When we're playing somebody who we know are going to be shit, you don't need two defensively minded midfielders. You need somebody who can unlock the door. And I think actually the funny thing is we were talking about this a lot before we thumped Norwich 7-0, but we were talking about it in terms of the thing that Chelsea and actually a lot of teams find difficult is to break a team who defends with 10 men behind the ball down. And actually, that's when you need creative players You can unpick a defence. And that's why I think Loftus-Cheek comes into that in a way that Kante, bless him, or, or even Kovacic wouldn't do. And then, of course, Kovacic plays brilliantly on Saturday. But there you go. Um, I was going to round this off by saying, you know, well, I've called this just how shit were Norwich and frankly, who cares? And actually, that's the point. You know, everybody going around saying, oh, it's only Norwich. Even we were saying, oh, it's only Norwich. For, frankly, that's, you know... You know, we we all know as Chelsea supporters that there are a number of us who were sitting there. Tony was full of it, wasn't he? It's going to be a banana skin. It's a banana skin. We've all seen Chelsea do it before, come a cropper against a team that they should hammer, and there we go. So I'm not going to have any of this house shit with Norwich rubbish because actually we still put them away, and that's what we have to do. So there we go. Not even going to discuss it. End of. Um, right, quick uh, shout-out for the Chelsea Supporters Trust uh, which, of course, uh, we, I think we're in election mode at the moment. I don't think they've been. I don't think the election or the votes have been counted yet. But anyway, um, join the Supporters Trust for five quid to become a member, which means you can uh, get a vote in the AGM, you can come to meetings, and you can get your voice heard by the club on all the important issues like the European Super League. Back in February, the ticket prices, kickoff times, the the virtual waiting room, and the loyalty point system. Martin discuss.
3: Well, thankfully, I'm on an away season ticket, so I've yeah. not had some of the absolute farce that people have endured trying to get Leicester and Newcastle tickets. They have my up my sympathy. It's an absolutely joke, and I think my name was Barry last week after they fucked up that um, vote. It's appalling, and you know I don't. I'm not an IT project manager, but I do work in IT, and I know something is seriously amiss.
0: Well, it's it's a shambles, mate. That's that's yeah. what it is. But uh, well, it's,
3: it's a shambles, and people are, you know, was it they get they were get, it sounded like they were getting to the payment stage and then getting kicked off the bloody system, which is absolutely fucking appalling.
0: Well, there you go. There'll be there's, there's been a lot of griping about it. There'll be a lot of moaning about it. And as I said, uh, it, a, a good time, I think, therefore, to be joining the Chelsea Supporters Trust right now. We're going to have a quick break, and when we come back, it's time for the Fanny's results. We've got a couple of questions from Discord and uh, we've got the uh, winners and losers in the Prem Predictions League. We'll be back. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com. Dot com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. A sec
1: Real fans, real opinions I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast, Proper Chelsea.
0: Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. We're now into part three. And of course, I am Stanford Chidge. And I'm joined by the ebullient Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Uh, effervescent
0: as well. Effervescent. Thank you. Even eff- ever ready. Ever ready. Like a battery. Yeah, like a battery. Good to see JK. And we've got the absolutely lovely Martin Wickham, who I sadly missed for a pint or two on Saturday, although I would not have been capable of having one, Martin.
3: I think you'd have managed. I think you'd have forced one down.
0: Mate, I didn't dare because I had to drive (laughs) and I just thought my blood alcohol levels so high from the night before. Probably not a good thing.
3: Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, the one thing you must clarify here, um, Tom Robinson band is not the same as another... Similar sounding right winger. Just for clarification, for anyone who isn't no, old wasn't, enough, wasn't, to... <laughs> wasn't the Tommy Robinson band? <laughs> yeah, I know that's a completely different setup. <laughs> no,
0: no, 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 we 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 weren't. No, 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 no.
3: <laughs> absolutely not. And I did, I did <clears throat> like the, the joke about what their starting time was. It two or four, four or six, six or eight. Right? No, yeah, exactly.
0: yeah. Well, I can tell you that uh, me along with a lot of my other Chelsea mates, there were singing very loudly that we were all glad to be gay at the Tom Tom Robinson band gig. So there we go. I think that t- tells you about they're about as diametrically opposed as you could possibly be. Uh, Sam Inkersoll from Football.London is with us as well. Sam, you've lasted, uh, you've lasted for parts one and two so far. You're doing very, very well. How you, How's your stamina for the next two?
4: Oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I've got a, I've got a pint of blackcurrant squash here to keep me going through the last bit. And, uh, yeah, thank you. As again, as I always say, thank you very much for having me on. There. I think it was the laptop one we're more concerned about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a squeaky office, chair. I do apologise if there are some errant noises, and I can assure you it is my, it is my office, chair. It's all
0: good, Sam. Always lovely to have you on the show, as you well know. Right, now it's time for the uh, results of the fannies, which, of course, I put up last night. The good denizens of the Discord group, uh, are very kind and uh, do a lot of work on our behalf and nominate them. So if you don't like the nominations, it's their fault, all right? It's that simple. (laughs) Anyway, the nominations for the Man of the Match were, uh, no surprises really, uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi, who uh, I actually voted for, to be honest. Uh, Mason Mount, uh, I mean, you know, Hudson-Odoi got a goal, possibly an assist for the second, played bloody well. We've been discussing it all show. Mason Mount scored a hat-trick, played bloody well. Kovacic crept in there. I could have easily put Reese James in there, to be fair. I thought James had an outstanding game, but uh, the people demanded that Kovacic got in there. So it was Mount, Mount, Hudson-Odoi and Kovacic. Martin, who would you have voted for? Who did you vote for? Even? I voted for Mason Mount. If you if you score
3: a hat-trick, I think you've got a fair, fair share of the man of the match.
0: That's very fair, I have to say. I can't argue with that. Uh, JK? Mount. Mount. That it. Else? Yep, uh, Sam, <laughs> you didn't vote obviously, but um, who would you have voted for if you did?
4: Hudson Odoi, yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, I know, look, I know it's, it, 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 it's weird to not not go with the uh, the man who scored a hat trick, but I thought Hudson Odoi was brilliant and um, playing in his best position. So yeah, I'd have got if, if I'd voted, I'd have voted for him.
0: Yeah well there you go you and me both. Um but I'm afraid you you know you and me are not men of the people Sam that has to be said. Uh because uh Matteo Kovacic got 8.5%, Callum Hudson-Odoi got 8.7% which means that uh, Mason Mount got a whopping 82.8%, which is pretty damn conclusive. So well done, all of you who voted for Mason Mount. Uh, our next award, of course, is for a celery moment, which uh, is for a piece, well, something that happens in the in the match, on or off the pitch, moment of comedy, something that makes me laugh or something that you can say is proper Chelsea, whatever that means. Uh, now, the nominations were uh, the fine appreciation of Matthew Harding. So the banner and the little video and, and the way that... Uh, we all conducted ourselves during that, uh, which I thought that was proper chills for me, definitely. Um, the, I didn't see this, obviously, because I, I can't see it from where I sit, but apparently at some stage during the game, somebody handed Timo Werner uh, a packet of wine gums or, or a wine gum, and he had a look on his face that like, that like somebody just put a lump of shit in his hand. It was all screwed up. He doesn't like yellow... No, nine for the yellow wine gums. It was orange. Is it orange? Yeah, yeah, it's orange. Like like a lot of us, he just likes the black and the red ones. I feel, I feel I know where he's coming from, mate. But it was it was a picture, and then I think he put it on his Instagram page or something like that. So that was hilarious. That had to go in there. And then the third nomination was one that perhaps very few people saw. I'm wondering if any of these boys saw it, but I had a class view of this because I'm right above it. But uh, v- very late on in the game, uh, we had a corner and Chilwell was set to take it and those idiot numpty stewards are like walking because basically 10 minutes to go all the stewards start to walk around behind the goals to stop any apparent pitch invasion and they're just wandering in the way and ben kind of says excuse me i'm trying to take a bloody corner here and they just ignored him and it was it was i th- i thought that was hilarious so that had to go in did did any of you see that i heard it <laughs> i heard this commotion <laughs> I heard, I heard this commotion, I get out
3: of the fucking way! <laughs> and I, didn't know, I didn't know what it was about. So I'm looking over, we're preparing to take a corner, and the stewards are doing there, you know, as they walk out. But I didn't realise they were stopping Chilwell from taking the corner. I, mean, so...
1: I, I pointed out, I didn't go, get out of fucking way! I pointed out, um, uh, oh look, one of the stewards appears to be stopping Chilwell from taking the corner.
3: That's East Middle versus Matthew Harding lower for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah. There's one can, thing I I say,
1: can I say about the, um, the wine gum? I think this is completely unfair on us who were watching, We were there at the game, because the wine gum was, was an enormous close-up of, um, uh, of Werner on telly with the wine gum, wasn't it? I mean, how are we supposed to see that? How can we comment on that as a, as, a, uh, as a moment in the game, Judge? Not fair.
0: Well, I know for a fact that you watched the games in their entirety on TV at least three times afterwards. Once, possibly. Yes, um, I think it's fair enough because you see, we get lots of benefits by being at the game that they don't have. So, for example, I cannot quite often include something that happened off the pitch that was funny in the pub or whatever. None of them would know. So, I think it's only fair that they can have the same. Oh, all right. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm a Democrat at heart, J.K. This and know. it
3: was all, and it was all over social media. I would actually. There's one. I know it wasn't nominated, but this came like about two hours ago when I watched match of the day back. There's a moment where. Tiago Silva outpaces some 19-year-old kid from Norwich, Josh, the ginger yes. kid who yes. was up front, and Tiago Silva outpaces him. Yes. And Jonathan Pearce is absolutely fucking apoplectic. Uh, 37-year-old Tiago Silva just outpacing this kid. It just made me laugh, and it also led to the of
0: Doyle goal. So, yes.
1: well, I just I... think. The silver was wonderful, wasn't he? Again? I was going to say,
0: J.K., we we didn't say how wonderful he was, and oh, that, that thing yeah. that Martin's talking about—he given the ball away stupidly, and then he actually yeah. covered back to go and grab it back. And this, as he said, younger striker didn't even get near him. And while uh, we're on that topic, because I know I can tell you, it didn't make the uh, Guinness moment much to my sadness, was Mondi's uh, save where he stuck out wonderful, a leg, yeah. and yeah. his celebration yeah. afterwards to uh, to not let a goal in. I mean, how? I mean, we saw him afterwards, didn't we? Yeah We did oh, We saw Oh we at that quiet Yeah, yeah. I forgot that Anceloba
1: We were standing by the um, uh, the. Uh,
0: were you two starstruck or something? The,
1: the butchers We were story.
0: running up with our mobile phone Saying can I have a <laughs> selfie? Selfie. We were
1: we were actually asked to move out of the way, weren't we, so that the, uh, we could allow the we were by
0: taxi, his car your taxi,
1: we? taxi door to be opened. We were we inadvertently because i have been I'd been moaning about
0: door. it. I'd been moaning about it being parked on a double yellow line. I didn't realize it's exactly
1: it was, what uh, you said. You said this <laughs> bloody Mercedes. What's he doing? Here? Look. And we then we then watched we watched a couple of cars failing to get past the Mercedes. Do <laughs> you remember for ages Comment, commenting on it. We're saying, well, who's going to have to no, give away No, love, no, love. You want to go
0: round there, love. That's right. That's what you were saying. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. That was a celery moment all on its own. But anyway, we digress. So, yeah, look, the celery moment nominations were uh, the Matthew Harding Appreciation. Sounds like a name of a band, that, doesn't it? Anyway, the Matthew Harding Appreciation, the Werner Vine Gum. the Werner Vine Gum. I like that. I should have spelt it with Vs, shouldn't I? And the Chilwell versus the stewards. And the results are... I can't remember what I voted for actually. I think it might have been. Uh, I think it might have been the Chillwell versus the Stewards because I, I thought that that was very funny. Uh, anyway, I've lost. I've lost my thing. Here we go. Right, the results are. Oh, 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 oh! Very, very close. Blimey! Uh, right. Okay. Reverse order. Chillwell versus the Stewards. Eight point one percent. Probably because very few people saw it. Uh, and then very close in second place, the Werner Vinegum. Forty-five point three percent which means the winner of the salary Moment this week is the Matthew Harding Appreciation on 46.6%. I, I can't grumble about that, I have to say. Very well deserved. Well-played, people. Excellent. Right, yes. uh, last one, Guinness Moment, of course, which, as we all know by now, is a moment, uh, as JK and I often say, where uh, it's a moment of genius-like flair, which might be arousing, pos- quite possibly in a sexual sort of way. So uh, that's uh, teed you up nicely for that. Uh, now, the uh, nominations are... A bit complicated, because you've only got 25 characters on a Twitter poll, which makes the explanation a little bit difficult. But I've said the James goal, by which I mean his finish, because it was absolutely exquisite. Uh, I've said the hudson Doy goal, by which I mean Kovacic's pass. The whole move was just absolutely sex. It was wonderful. Uh, and uh, for some reason, I got cajoled by the, the, the people in Discord to put Ziyech and his twinkle-toed little manoeuvre outside just on the edge of the penalty area late into the game uh, against my better judgment, it has to be said. But I'm a, I'm a Democrat, so I put it in. So those were the nominations. Martin, what did you fancy out of all of that? Or Was there something uh, else, maybe?
4: No, I went with the James goal.
0: Yeah, good man. Uh, Sam?
4: Uh, out of those ones, I'd have gone with the James goal as well. I did enjoy um, the Hudson Adolid, just... Tearing Ozenka back in the build up to the first goal, and effectively left him on his backside just like a quick turn of pace. That was uh, that was that was very, very impressive to watch.
0: Indeed. And uh, what about you, J.K.? Uh,
1: the Adoy goal thought the pass was yeah. sublime, and yeah. he took it. He took it wonderfully.
0: Yeah, I have to say I really like that that too, uh, which is of course a portent for what's about to happen. ZH Twinkle Toes move ten point six in third place. Callum Hudson Adoy thirteen uh, percent. Reese James, girls, 76.4%. I mean, let's be honest, boys, pretty damn hard not to disagree with that. It was absolutely sumptuous. I just did. Well, I know, but it's hard to. No, find it easy. There's no pleasing you, is there? Right, okay. Um, Well, well done, people, for doing the fannies. Well done, the Discord group, for sorting that all out for me. always appreciate that, and uh, look forward to doing them again next week when we hope we'll have some exciting ones to do as well. Now, we've got a couple of questions uh, from the Discord people. Um, So I'm going to ask the question, and the one who wants to answer it, just put your hand up. The first person to put his hand up will get to answer the question, and the first one is from Benji. Uh, I've been meaning to ask, could Ruben Loftus' cheek be a possible backup striker? Thinking like Kai, Conte uh, suggested it, if I remember correctly. Sometimes happens. J.K. First, no. (laughs) Is that it? Yeah. (laughs) Why?
1: I don't have to give you a reason, do I?
0: Well, I I, I should move to Martin then. Martin.
3: Uh, It's a no from me as well. No from me. Uh, No, it's it. You know, there's a reason. Conte experimented with it early, gave up on it after a game against. Bristol Rovers in the League Cup or something it doesn't work Ruben's strength he's running into space if you play him as a backup striker further up the pitch he's got less space to work with so you're, you're blunting the best parts of his game yeah,
0: I t- couldn't agree more with that than that uh, Sam I would suggest you would, would probably agree with that
4: absolutely 100% yeah. don't need to add anything more to that yeah, um, yeah you, you, you're taking him with the best part of his game which is that brutal elegance so he's got in the middle of the park so yeah, yeah not for me
0: definitely there you go Benji it's a, it's a no from all of us there mate sorry about that uh right this is from steve morgan uh i think i might ask this one of sam and you'll understand why when i've read it chidge uh re rudiger i noticed in one of the shows last week it was scoffed at when rudiger's reported 400 uh, grand per week salary demands for a new contract were brought up it was scoffed at steve because i just thought if you if you want 400 grand a week you can fuck off mate there's pretty much my saying words because I think that's taking the mick. Uh, anyway, my question is, if we do sign him on 400 grand a, uh, a week for three years, this is really interesting, actually. If we do sign him on 400 grand a week for three years, it's going to cost us roughly 58 million to keep him. Would you not think that that's better value than signing someone like Kunde, an unknown quantity in England, for, say, 60 million plus wages? I think we absolutely need to hold on to Rudy. He's so important to this team. Thanks, mate. Really interesting question. I'm going to let Sam have a bash on that one first because it's quite interesting contractually and I know Sam will be on top of a lot of what's going on here, I think.
4: Yeah, it's, it's £400,000 a week. That's the first I've heard of it and I will be staggered if Chelsea even entertained that amount of money um, for Rudiger. Look, he's going to be looking for his last payday probably in his next contract. I think I put—I think £200,000 three years, is an acceptable offer i think for rudiger if they, if chelsea wanted to go that far three on a three year contract or maybe even a two-year contract plus a third of an option or three years and a fourth year option uh, on that front so i think yeah I, I i definitely agree with the point on um keeping him over making a new signing like it was kunday i absolutely agree with that i think the money would be much better spent on keeping rudiger at the club because he's just been transformational hasn't he under under tuchel and he's he's been playing some of the best football probably of his career in the last 12 months. It's a tough one because obviously this is only going on 12 months where he's been absolutely outstanding for Chelsea. So is that enough for the club to then want to offer him a, a, a big bump up in pay? I think they will do uh, when, when, when when it comes around, but he will certainly be testing the market um, in what, two months time to see what he can get. And I, th- I think if he does get offered say 400,000 pounds a week at Real Madrid or Paris Saint-Germain or Bayern Munich or something like that then he will obviously he'll he'll, he'll he'll entertain that idea but I think he wants to stay at Chelsea um, they obviously will have to improve his wages we, we all know that that's what that's, when you're looking for a new contract that's what you're doing and, he, and, he's paying, and he's paying for a new contract as well so that's arguably why he's been playing so well he's paying for a new deal so yeah I would keep him certainly not for that money that, um, that Steve was 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 saying I certainly wouldn't be paying that amount of money but I'd certainly offer him, say, you think maybe 200000 over three years, maybe four years. I think that's a more than reasonable offer and one that he'd probably take, I think, considering the upward t- trajectory that Chelsea are on on Tuchel.
0: Hmm. I mean, one thing I w- would say is that, you know, I think, I think what I'd never looked at it actually in the way that Steve had and I thought that was a very interesting way of looking at it and it all makes a lot of logic financially apart from one thing, in my opinion. Um, you know, the trouble is if you play, you know, a defender like Rudigan, no matter how important he might be to the team how how old is he sam by the way
4: 28 yeah
0: okay cuz they they get a bit kind of it's like a year every once you're over 30 you only get a year don't you but uh, so they could give him 3 years and that would be a, a good deal but the thing about that if you pay him 400 grand a week even though it makes perfect sense financially compared to say buying Kunde for 60 million what does it do to to Chelsea's wage structure you know, you're going to have all of them going, well, I mean, if he's getting 400 grand, I want 400 grand. And then where are you? So actually maybe financially, it might not be sensible. I, I, am I talking ass there, Sam, or is there, is there some logic to that?
4: There's logic to that. You're not, certainly not talking ass. Um, you look at, you've got Andres Christensen's contract is up for, is up for yeah. renewal as well. He's going to be, one to be pushing into the higher earners at the club. And he's seen the likes of Timo Werner. Romelu Lukaku come in. The, I think they're probably the two highest earners at the moment. And Golo Kante there as well. So, Chelsea are not going to completely destroy their wage structure. I think it's one of the reasons why a move for Erling Haaland was never going to materialise, because he was going to be commanding £400,000 a week wages. And Chelsea were never going to completely obliterate their wage structure for one player, no matter how generational they are in Haaland. Um, and they managed to get Lukaku in anyway, who's good as good a striker. So, yeah, you're certainly not talking rubbish there. I don't think Chelsea will... Yes, look, they've got the financial might to compete with anyone on the planet in terms of offering that money, but it doesn't mean they have to. And I don't think that they will completely destroy the wave structure and their business structure just for, for for one player, especially one that will be thirty in a couple of years' time
0: yeah I couldn't agree more with that uh, boys do you want to chip in at all or are you just ruminating on that you look very ruminative
1: no, I, I, I think um the four hundred thousand was a was a, a Twitter rumor it may uh, initially but you never know whether whether there was any truth in it that was all I remember because I quoted it because somebody had said. They were in disbelief as to what and exactly your your sentiment, Judge, that he should um, he could go and fuck off if he that could, was going to. He get
0: gonna... Farker off.
1: He get Farker off. Yes, poor old Farker. Yeah, silly old Farker. Sad
0: Farker after Saturday. Yeah,
1: hugely sad. Yeah. 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 Far- Stupid
0: Farker during, obviously.
1: He's, he's fucked up hugely, isn't yeah.
0: he? Yeah. Okay, I think we should move on. We've done enough Farker gags. Uh, okay. Uh, in fact, actually, uh, got, I always I, I always try and talk ourselves out of doing this, but. I owe it to Tony, bless him, to do it. Really, it's the Prem predictions, winners and losers. Um, okay, with a with a romping minus eleven this week, J.K. cements his position as seventy fourth out of seventy four uh, with two hundred and seventy points, and uh, and also cementing his now customary position of seventieth out of seventy four is is me, Mister Chidge. Uh, I, I, and this is in spite of the fact that I even got a bloody spot on. I got Leeds uh, Wolves completely right, and I also have to have to I have to say this: three games I was one goal out. Me too. Three games.
1: I was in in that's, all that's, of mine.
0: You know, that's a nearly a hundred. You know, seventy odd points possibly. Yeah, me too. Maybe honestly. more. Maybe a hundred and fifty. You know, yeah. it's just so unfair. This is a cruel game. Anyway, so me and me and JK are absolute shit. There's no other way of putting it. Um, then bizarrely enough we've got the three ex-Chelsea players in our league, Pat Nevin got minus eight, he's in 65th 487 points, Canners Canners didn't phone me back this week he didn't get on the old dog and bone, so he has nil point for not phoning me but actually, could, I have,
1: could I have nil point just well, I was going to not-
0: say, Canners by not phoning me, he still did better than you and Pat, yeah weird eh, but anyway, uh, Paul is in uh, 62nd place Uh, Kerry Dixon is in 55th so he's top of the X players he got 25 so he had a bit of a shocker too 612 points then uh, we've got Dean Mears of our parish 49th Mark Meehan is 44th Dean did well he got 72 points in what was a very tough week for people I have to say Uh, Dane Whittle is uh, 40th position he got 46 points so there's Dean Mark and Dane are all fairly close to each other and then we I have to stretch my neck up to look at this bit. Or if actually I was on the computer, it would be on page one as opposed to page two where JK and I live. But Martin, Martin Wickham, 18th uh, with 54 points. You've got 830 at all. Martin, you were in the top five a few weeks ago. What's happened to your form, mate?
3: Well, I've gone down a toilet the last few weeks, to be honest with you. Um, just that's how it is. I mean, I've... Fucking got loads of them wrong. <laughs> I mean it's entirely possible I've got minus points on the fucking Chelsea score after predicting a win because I missed out of that got the goals so badly out of whack. Yeah. So yeah, uh, just
0: I'll give it ten minutes rather than five minutes well, thoughts and we'll see how we go. <laughs> Martin Martin, class is permanent, form is temporary, you will be back. But the real story continues. I mean we we told you a little bit about this earlier in the week. Uh but Tony Glover having been down where J.K. and I are for most of this season. He was very close to where we are. He is now in sixteenth place. He's done. He's had another brilliant week again. He got. He got two hundred and sixty-five points last week. He's got one hundred and twenty-eight this week in a week where people were really struggling. So he's he's up to sixteenth. Lordy, uh, as,
3: as, as someone someone years ago in a prediction league, I was like, if you're getting scores like that right, you know fuck all about
0: football. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> probably me being really bitter and twisted about it <laughs> no
3: nah, this is some old boy in a pub It uh, it's quite funny
0: <laughs> okay all right uh now uh mark warrell is in fifth he slipped down a little bit this week uh which means luke withers who's been at the top of the league for the entire season so far luke is still there with a whopping 1161 points ye gods uh there you go well done lukey now the uh, performer of the week is jason gastworth Uh, he this week got 180 points so he's gone up to 22nd he did really well he got uh, one two three spot-ons this week well done Uh, he didn't get however Everton to Watford five because nobody predicted that there we go apart from perhaps Rafa Benitez anyway so there you go. That's the prem predictions this week. It kicks off again on Friday. For those of you who are playing this, well, it is great fun, and I love it. If you do, if you, do, I mean, it's a bit late now, but if you had joined the league when you were supposed to, you could have got an automatic entry into our Discord group, where we can take the piss out of each other and swear about Tottenham and West Ham letting us down every week, because that's usually the two main offenders. Uh, but it is great fun, and you can win prizes. Tony won 132 quid last week for getting the best score out of everybody in the whole, the whole, the whole competition, not just our league, or 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 and or he. Uh, He's won a bottle of Glenfiddich for being the manager of the month. So there's real real prizes to be won. It's great fun. Great. I think we need to,
3: we need to arrange a Christmas due to share that scotch out.
0: <laughs> well, actually, I was talking to Tony, and we were mooting the possibility of, of doing a more regular get-together because, of course, we had our we had our wonderful get-together in the summer, didn't we, in the pensioner, where we all got together and had a lovely day getting drunk. Uh, Tony suggested we do it more frequently. Maybe a Christmas one would be the next. And uh, and and there we go. But I'm all for that because it was such fun when we met up. I think we should do it again because we don't don't get to. I mean, you know, the match days are are, are, are difficult, Martin. Weirdly, aren't they? Because everybody goes in their different. You know, everybody has their different routines and things.
3: pubs are a lot more fractured now as well because we're not quite sure which ones are doing what in terms of allowing you in, or do you need to book a table? So it's got a little bit. I mean, I've. Ironically, gone to the pub closest to ground, which I never would have considered previously. But I know you you and
0: Pablo have been spotted going into the you know what, yep, the the rising sun, I believe it's called
3: the house of the rising sun. Yeah, that's
0: right. So, there we go. Uh, right. Um, all good stuff. Now, we're going to be back in a second because we're going to talk about the uh, Chelsea Saints Caribou Cup match tomorrow, or if Jonathan prefers, Carabao. Is that better? Thank you.
1: I think Sam prefers that as well.
0: Okay, all right.
1: I Not- prefer League Cup because the sponsor yeah. changes so bloody
0: yeah. frequently. I agree. I like the Milk Cup, personally. The uh, Rumbelows Cup, I like.
3: Yeah, Coca-Cola Cup. Worthington Cup.
0: Yeah.
4: And the Worthington cup those
0: OK, up. well, while we figure out what we're going to call the damn thing, we'll be back it's in a minute right. to tell you.
3: Real Fans, Real Opinions.
1: I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football
0: Right, welcome back. Uh, as we were, have we, have we come up with a name for the, this League Cup thing? Are we going to stick with Carabao, or is it going to be called something else?
1: Leaguague.
0: Okay, uh, I think we should call it. The, my favourite cup ever, I think, was the. Uh, it was the Texaco Cup, wasn't it? Oh, wasn't there, like wasn't, there, wasn't there? Wasn't there? Wasn't there a Watney's Pale Ale bleeding ruddy b- barrel? There was. There was. 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 All these weird cups in the early seventies. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Uh, so yeah, it's the Carabao Italian. Anglo Italian. Anglo Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we played La Havre, didn't we? Anyway. Um, yeah. So tomorrow night uh, at seven forty-five p.m., Chelsea will be taking on Southampton, and uh, I've got some great stuff here. I will tell you what, I'm gonna kind of like mark the order about a bit because I've done a, I got bored yesterday trying to like push the second day of my hangover away so I did a bit of digging and you know what happens when I do a bit of digging yes that's you right get dirt Jim. that's get right dirt. I get dirt I also uncover uncover things JK like an archaeologist mate Ooh, uh, you've call, got a little trowel I've got a little trowel and a big hat I'm the Indiana Indiana Jones of football uh, archaeology you uh, got a gun uh, yes and a whip a ball whip but that's not for the archaeology, obviously. <laughs> um, right. So uh, we have met Southampton before in the League Cup. Um, in fact, we met them in 1981 in what was then the Milk Cup. And I'm, I think this was uh, a two-legged affair, I believe. Uh, or no, it might have been a replay, actually. It was the... It was, uh, no, it was. It was a two-legged affair then. It was round r- only round two. We drew down there one all. And then we took them back to the bridge and we won 2-1. But what piqued my interest about this was that Southampton at the time were really good. They had uh, Kevin Keegan, who'd just come back from Hamburg as the player, European Player of the Year, Mick Shannon. They were a bloody good side in the first division. And we were rubbish. And yet we managed to knock Southampton out. And I was most impressed with that. Uh, Clive Walker and Mick Fillery scored. Mick Fillory scored in extra time, by the looks of it, 95 minutes. So there we go. Who else was playing? Chris Hutchings, Colinville Jern. Pacey, Colin Lee, Peter Rhodes Brown. So there we go. Um and then uh we met them again uh in 1997 which I do remember the year we went on to win uh the now Coca-Cola Cup. Uh we met Southampton um I think this would have been the third round possibly maybe even the fourth round it doesn't oh it's the fourth round there you go uh we won 2-1 again um flo and morris uh, went to extra time I'll, I'll have you know so flo and morris i remember when we did the show the other week J.K. in the 50 years we kept on going to extra time and penalties didn't we that year in the league cup yeah yeah but anyway flo flo Winnie. scored flo scored on 61 morris on 118 kevin Davies scored for them so there we go so we've met them before um the other thing that I dug up, which was, uh, of, of, I don't know if you boys read this, but I, I've gone back and looked at every year that we've been in the League Cup to find out how we did. Because I just had this suspicion that we'd been shocking in it for a lot of a lot of the time. And actually, I was kind—I mean, we won it in 65, only four years after the damn thing had been invented, when we beat Leicester over two legs. Eddie McCready's wonderful goal. But we had a real penchant for going out early and to really rubbish teams. Carlisle United in uh, 69 uh we we lost a lot to Stoke City but in the final as well 6-2 against Stoke City in 74 crew Alexandra in 75 wigan uh, in uh, in round 3 in 81 that was the tie after we just knocked southampton out i mean that's that if those two matches don't sum up chelsea and one in one go i don't know what does you beat southampton who were flying at the time and then the next round you get knocked out but i think they were third division then so we've had a very interesting history in the old League Cup. Of course, we've won it plenty of times. Middlesbrough in 97, 98. Uh, Leicester, of course, in 65. Liverpool in 2005. Arsenal in 2007. Lost to Tottenham in 2008. We don't mention that. Uh, we beat Tottenham in uh, March 15 under Mourinho, of course. And then we lost to City, most recently, under Sarri in 2019. So there we go. So it's it's, it's a funny old history, the League Cup, for us. Now... Um, I did tease this earlier on in the show, didn't I, about the team selection. But this is what I've gone for, boys. I've gone for Kepa in Yes. Chaloba, Christensen, Saar. OK, because I think he's going to rest players, basically, and give, give minutes to those who haven't had much. So Chaloba, Christensen, Tsar. Alonso, Saul, better call Saul, Kante, James. And then up front, hudson Adoy, Havertz, Ziyech, J.K. I think that's a good call, actually, Chich we say that every week and then we get proved wrong yeah completely but you know
1: you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm not going to be um unfaithful and say i never said that no i i um i think you're right i think he'll play uh, christensen because he didn't play at the weekend he'll play kepper um uh, i think he might actually give dave a go so i don't think Saar will get in i think he'll play chalabar on the left no but and... he
0: didn't he didn't do that last time we thought he'd put chalabar on the left
1: Yes, that's a very good point. Oh, I
0: think he doesn't think that Chalaba plays on the left. Plays on the left.
1: So perhaps, yeah, perhaps Dave doesn't get in again. Um, well, James,
0: think, Dave could come in for James.
1: Yeah, but no, I think he'll play James just because he he, didn't, he hasn't been playing regularly recently. He needs to give him a few games. I'm not convinced Kante will play at all, actually. Um, and I think who's an alternative midfielder? I think he'll play Loftus-Cheek there.
0: In a, in a one-man midfield? Well, yes. I, I like that.
1: with with Saul playing next to him and um, he can play I don't quite know where Saul plays actually let's be honest here I don't know what Madrid yeah well indeed which I think he may be returning to in January unless things change Um, uh, but yeah is he supposed to be an attacking midfielder I think he was brought for that originally but um, um, he hasn't been demonstrating that particularly well Uh, could you not play instead of Kante play cheek in a Defensive role, yeah,
0: there. yeah, yeah,
1: definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think Zayek will play, yes. I think Adore will play, and I think you're right, I think he'll play Havertz.
0: We we're it a lot. Alonso, obviously, for Chilwell. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think we're broadly in agreement there. Martin, what do you think? Uh,
3: I'd pr- try and play Loftus Cheek as long as I can. So,
0: you wouldn't play Saul? No, you wouldn't call Saul?
3: Absolutely not. No. I mean, I'm probably going to be proven wrong anyway, but that, that would be my personal preference. <laughs>
0: Cool. And you agree with everybody else?
3: Yeah, everything else seems fairly logical and sensible. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but
0: it all seems fairly logical he, he, and sensible. He always pulls one out of the hat, you know, every time. Yeah. We always get at least one or two wrong. Uh, now, we were, we were laughing about this. Sorry, Martin, were you about to pipe up then? Just, it was me.
1: I was just wondering who would, let's try and, and, and preempt it. Who might he bring out of the
0: hat? Mayumba. No, he play, no, no, doesn't like, play for us, does he? No, the, the the bloke that I can't remember his name, you know. Anyway, um, I, um, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I tell you what, if there is, if there, if there's a kind of a, you know, a slight curveball, a Tommy Tuchel curveball, it could be Barkley. That's what my my suspicion might be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, Sam, we 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 teased this uh, earlier on, didn't we? And I I I revealed my cante uh, selection. Now, as I said, you have to you have to actually do this for, for football. London and put a team up. I really don't envy you knowing what is like. But what do you think of my selection and then what do you think it will will happen?
4: Your one's not too far off, I don't think. mine's pretty pretty similar to yours. I do think Saar will play. Um I because he played in the last round as well and threw me in the deep end against Brentford and he did well. Did well. Um so I think he'll play. I've also gone for the Loftus Cheek Kante midfield. Um and the Zek Hudson and Havertz. Front three, so yeah, mine's pretty similar to yours. And you'll see Alonso in for Chilwell. Um, I've kept Rhys James in at right back, but I say sorry, right wing back. But I would say it wouldn't surprise me if um, Sergio Busquets a a perhaps played there. But yeah, it's pretty pretty similar to yours. But I've certainly gone. But well, I'd like to see the Kante Loftus cheek access in the midfield.
0: Yeah, you don't think Saul will play?
4: I I, I don't think he will. Um, just because I think Loftus cheek has usurped him in that. In that area, I know Saul needs minutes. Um, he want he'll be desperate to prove himself. But I just think Loftus Cheek, especially since he didn't play the weekend obviously he came off the bench. I know, but I think I just think he'll get the start. And he started in in round three as well. I don't think there's any reason that he shouldn't keep his spot for for the game against Southampton. So no, I've I've, I've kept Loftus Cheek ahead of Sale. Mm,
0: well, I would anyway, but you never know. I mean, what about the idea that Barkley might be a a kind of a left field pick?
4: It's very left field. Um, It wouldn't surprise me if he did. But I think Tuchel is still taking it seriously. Not that, obviously, Ross Barkley is not a serious player. Don't get me wrong. Don't get that wrong. But I think he still wants to go out and make sure that he gets through to the next round of the competition. And he'll go with Loftus-Cheek, who's played Premier League football this season. And then I think ZH has a point to prove as well. And Havertz needs to find form as well. And Hudson-Odoi has just started off on a good run now, hopefully perform from from the weekend. So I'm not sure where Barkley would would fit in, but I will, I suspect he will get some minutes off the bench if Chelsea are cruising after an hour, so then it will certainly come off of there.
0: Well, I mean, of course, it's it's pointless even talking about what Southampton might do because, you know, generally these Premier League teams put in a, a a B team effectively. But, I mean, normally I would say I don't expect us to be cruising against Southampton because I don't think they're a bad as bad as they look per se. Um, but obviously... Um, we know we know that Bro. I mean, bro, You've got taken off on uh, on Saturday when they played... Whoever they played, he I can't... can't play. Bro. can't play. can't play because he can't, was can't, about can't, to say... I was about to say he can't play. I know he's on loan, so he can't play. But he, I think he actually got injured. But, of course, Liveramento, who was uh, was Chelsea's, can play. And he scored a goal uh, at the weekend as well. They've both been doing really, really well for Southampton. It's really pleasing to see, actually perhaps slightly less so than for Leveramento, but I still don't, I don't wish ill of him. Um, they're not a bad, bad team at all. So, I mean, it's impossible to predict what they're going to do, JK. And so I'm, I'm really loathe to try, but they, they they can't be taken lightly. They're, you know, they're a Premier League outfit.
1: It's so dependent on what selection he makes, you know, I mean, Redmond's a decent player, isn't he? Um, uh, Romero always plays well against us. Um, I'm not convinced that they've, uh, Replace things. What's his face Um, um, used to play for Arsenal? Isn't um, Walcott? Well, Walcott Walcott. is is you know hit and miss, but decent pace. Um, uh, We we, if 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 they're all playing, if we're all playing to the same blueprint, which appears to be um, interchangeable at the moment, they're all that strong. I, I I I I think it. The worst possible case scenario is it'll go to penalties, which will win.
0: Yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, although I'm going to wait a little bit till I get to that. Um, Martin, I've got a question for you, but I mean, by all means comment on what we were talking about with Southampton as well. But I've been thinking, because I mean, you know, obviously all of us here, we want Chelsea to win every trophy they can go for. Absolutely. We pride ourselves in the fact that Chelsea historically have taken all of the cup competitions seriously, including the League Cup, which we've won quite a few times recently and have loved doing so. But it's kind of made me think, in this this of all years, I wonder if, in a sense, it would do us a favour to get knocked out. And the reason for that, of course, is that we've got, uh, I mean, I think we've got a serious chance of going for the league title this year, but also we've got the Club World Cup to think about in January. And of course, if we get through now, then we'll have another game in December, and what is already a packed schedule for December, and then we'll have, another, we'll have the semi-final, won't we, in January. Uh, a time when we're thinking about going to, uh, horribly, the thought strikes me, the UAE. But would it this year do us a favour to get knocked out? I mean, if you remember, United in 99 or 2000, it would have been 99 still, wouldn't they? They they longed off the FA Cup to go and play in the World Club Cup uh, in Brazil, didn't they?
3: Yeah, to try and win votes in a World Cup bid, wasn't it? And That's that right, went, that went well. That, yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> I disagree with the premise of not getting eliminated, doing us a favour. Um, I think we are one of the few teams with enough squad depth to manage these competitions. And I think we should be taking advantage of that because there'll be other teams like Southampton who may chuck in a load of reserves and um, not play a stronger team. We can play effectively. You know, we we can play a second team favourites to win I think we should take advantage of that Man City have done it the last four or five years they've just won it consecutively because they've got the squad depth to do so and I believe we have that as well and we should take advantage of it it could get a little bit tricky around the new year but I'm fairly sure that the Club World Cup wouldn't be happening until February Mm. perhaps but who knows I mean after the
0: AFCON Cup won't it true yeah. yeah I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, Sam, I I mean, that team that I've selected that we've all broadly agreed on, I mean, Saul maybe is the only doubt. We don't, you don't, none of you think he'll start anyway, but that's a pretty strong team. I mean, that's not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. You know, the one thing that that amused me, and this goes right back to where we started this show when we were talking about all these academy players, you know, the one thing that really makes me giggle is that, you know, League Cup uh, round three, four, you know, early rounds is, is often a, a chance for Chelsea supporters to see you know youngsters making their first second appearances for the club there's not a sign of one why because we've already done it and they're now regulars isn't that nuts i mean the only one i can think of who we haven't seen is lewis baker who's on yeah. he's
4: in the squad he's in the squad yeah he's in the squad um yeah i mean yeah look the early rounds of carabao cup perfect time to blood youngsters isn't it but as martin absolutely said nail on the head if Chelsea have got a deep enough squad that they can put essentially out two first teams, pretty much, then why not? And Tuchel has consistently spoken about the winning culture at the club. And how you want to win trophies, you want to win every game you play. So I think he's still going to put out a team that he thinks is capable of winning. It, 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 there's there's no let up, and he's also shown that he'll give chances to players if they if they perform when they get when they're given them. So it's a chance for some players to either reinforce the point that they should be playing more like Loftus Cheek, um, that you shouldn't have dropped me at the weekend. I should be playing more regularly, and um, and for Hakim Zeki and for players, of, and for Hudson Odoi as well, because he's he's constantly on Hudson Odoi's back, um, to get him to improve and improve even more. So yeah, he still go very strong, and I think yeah, whatever side, it puts out, Shields so would probably still be favourites, and they should treat the Carabao with a little bit of respect. I think in that regard, in that, yeah, it will be a, yes, it will be a a reserve team of sorts but it's still going to be a very strong side. There's no need to make wholesale changes and bring in, say, players from the under-19s or the under-23s to make up the numbers. You might as well go with what you've got. Yeah,
0: definitely agree with that. Um, JK said that uh, he thinks it'll go to penalties. Um, Do you want to elaborate, JK?
1: No, I don't really think that'll be the case. I think it'll be 2-0, but um, I was saying it might, in which case we'll win the
0: penalties. That really doesn't answer any questions who, at who's, all. Who scores the penalties for us then?
1: Uh, the usual suspects.
0: Can of name names.
1: Uh, Mount, um, as Pillacqueta if he plays. Uh, Cheek, um, Zayek, and um, James. Uh, and James, yeah, yeah,
0: okay. Yeah. Uh, Martin, how do you see it going? I think we'll win two hmm Okay, very confident boys. Uh, Sam, what about you?
4: I'd have said a bit more comfortable. I reckon probably three nil. Really? Um, I think Chelsea will be pretty comfortable tomorrow night. I, I, maybe that's off the back of me wildly underestimating a, a the weekend and going for a two nil win over Norwich, and end up seven nil. So maybe that's coming to my thinking that it might be a little bit more than no, not, might not be as close. Sorry.
0: I mean, it's 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 impossible to know these these. I mean, what I would say is that these Caribou Cup matches' recent history tend to have been really quite close. JK's right; quite a few of them have gone to pens. I mean, the last round did, didn't it? Uh, and I think we went out last year on pens, didn't we? Anyway, so it, who, who knows? I, I mean, we can't predict who Southampton are going to play. I think that that's a, I mean, if they pick more of, damn it, that team, then I think it's a pretty strong team and I think good enough to beat Southampton on the presumption that they'll put in a weakened team. What I would say is that if they don't play Mount, we, we are not the same side because we just lack... I mean, one of the things that Mount did so well against Norwich from the first minute, he was at them, pressing, 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 and it knocked them off their stride, and that's what he does. So if you don't play Mount, you lose that, and that, I think, always makes us a poorer team. But I think, you know, th- that team, or near as damn it, is good enough to beat Southampton in a, with, with with one of their strongest teams, let alone a weakened one, which is what I think that they will pick. So I'm I'm going to agree with JK and uh, and Martin here. I'm going to go for 2-0 as well.
1: Or you um, might... He might play Mount,
0: of course. He G-G. might play Mount. Yeah, he might. Yeah. He might uh, two two nil, or it'll be tight with penalties. I, I think you're right. Sadly, I can't be there because I have to work midweek, which is really very very annoying for me. I cannot tell you what an idiot that I was when I took on lots of clients during lockdown in the evenings in the midweek because of course we couldn't go to football and still think, thinking thinking they wouldn't be here by the time football came back and i was wrong but there you go i can't even watch it on telly because i ain't on telly so i should be begging somebody for a stream a dodgy stream tomorrow i suspect but there you go um whatever you two you are you going sam are you covering it
4: yeah 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 if you, if you can't find a dodgy stream anyway then of course there is the live vlog on football that you can follow
0: I, yep i'll tear him up yes. you knock him out of the park mate there we go <laughs> yeah absolutely always a good bet to do that because you get a, i mean <laughs> i mean last time we had i think i i, I listened to the TalkSport commentary and found a dodgy stream which was two minutes behind the TalkSport commentary but i couldn't bear the dodgy streams cor- uh, commentary because it was all in arabic and it was just doing my nut in so it was the most surreal game watching experience i've ever had jk you'll be there are you going with anybody nice tomorrow
1: uh, no, I'm going on my own. I'm
0: going you. on your own, uh, Martin. Where are you sitting tomorrow? I'm in the West Upper, or as
3: it's now known, West View. So. Oh,
0: that's right. You did say earlier on. Yeah, because yeah.
3: see, gonna see what that's like while it's comparatively affordable. Martin's
0: in the posh seats tomorrow, people. Yeah, so my, much my, for I've, being I've, Ma- Martin, I've, man I, of the people. I don't
3: I'll, I'll, I've got a, my reputation's fucked. I can't believe it. <laughs> in tatters.
0: Complete, tatters.
3: Yeah, complete. Yeah, complete. It's just you know. Gone. Mate, mate, you Completely know, gone.
0: You know, it's always good to me. I mean, I, I I pride myself on the fact that I've pretty much sat everywhere in that stadium, including the director's box, actually, which was bizarre for a, funnily enough, a League Cup match, a Capital One Cup match, which is why I was sitting there because my wife works. That's,
3: an- that. that's another sponsor you've named.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. I've got an answer, Martin. Flat cap and whip it. Take them both. Be no problem then. Uh,
0: there we go. And hey we look, you, lads, thank you. <laughs> enjoy enjoy the game, boys. I know you will. Everybody out there, if you're going, especially you two as well. Uh, now, that, I'm afraid, is uh, all we've got time for this week. Uh, we will be back on Friday with me, JK, Dane Whittle and Adam Newsom from Football. London because it's the Friday night preview show uh, and it will give us a chance to look back at what happened uh, in the Caribou Cup match against Southampton. But, of course, the main the main course will be talking about Saturday's match away to Newcastle. Hopefully I'll have a Newcastle fan on for opposition view as well. Uh, don't forget to check out Dean's Went to Mo King's Meadow podcast on the Chelsea women's team. I'm not sure if he's doing this one this week, but if he is, I will dish it out and you'll find it. Uh, all of our podcasts are available on ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors. Um, as you know, we have a Patreon channel, so you can bung us some money every month uh, to say thank you for what we do. Uh, and show your appreciation. If you do that, I will uh, I'm automatically make you a member of Discord. If you want, and I will send out uh, a Kerry Dixon banner to you as well. And just to prove, because I was saying that I was doing them last week, I can I can show the guys here, right? They can see, see this. You see that? See that? There's about I'm thirty-five Kerry Dixon banners on their way <laughs> out, all over the world. So they're going in the post tomorrow, people. So You'll, you'll get them soon they're they're lovely uh well done for brian uh brian wolf for organizing the banners in that uh he just does a brilliant job doing that so there we go patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast there's no pressure whatever you want there's there really isn't if you do you do i love you if you don't i still love you it's it's you know really just if you want to do it it's just a really nice thing to do for us so there we go uh and of course emails ah distinct lack of emails this week jk
1: I'm deeply disappointed yes they're just not pulling their fingers out no eyes come on
0: yeah don't let him get away with this easy you know oh god otherwise I'll I'll give him another song yeah he was nodding off in part three because he was expecting emails and there were none he was thinking well what's the point of me being here I could could see the look on his face it's like what's the point you know it's just not working for me I could see he was thinking that get your emails in people otherwise JK will not be happy
1: anybody wants to buy my dad's book it's on Amazon of course
0: yes 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 indeed good idea I haven't got a copy yet I need to get a sign one from you of course Chitch, when are you course. when you're doing a book signing um tomorrow night well I'm not there tomorrow night
1: oh poo no um no in fact it's not tomorrow Burnley. Night. It's,
0: um Burnley. Burnley 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 the the CFC UK store uh Burnley Burnley yeah. I bet right. you Andy Hodge, Hodgson comes to that. You get him to cope, come to the stall and uh, he can buy a book from you.
1: Well, that'd be nice. Yeah. Thank you. All
0: right. Okay. So there we go. Get your emails in uh, ChelseaFancast at gmail.com. You can send messages on Patreon or email, obviously, Instagram, anything, you know, wherever we are. Uh, and we are everywhere because we're on all the socials at Chelsea fancast, as you all know. Uh, I'm Stanford Cheers. Jonathan is Jonathan Kidd. Martin is Martin underscore Wickham. Sam is Sam underscore Incasol TM. Uh, so do give them all a follow. They're well, well worth it. And uh, of course, don't forget to follow the Chelsea fan calls Right, that's it for tonight. Uh, Sam, absolute delight. Uh, you, you've done a you've done a whole Monday show with us before, haven't you?
4: It was only the one. It was I think it was in the second or third week. I think after I took the job. So yeah, it was a it was a fair while ago. But yeah, no, as always, say hey, thank you very much for having me on. Always a pleasure. Mm. Always oh, lovely to see you. And it's,
0: it's great getting you boys on for a Monday show now and again, actually. Because, I mean, you know, let's be honest, you get away with it on a Friday, 20 minutes. It, easy, easy stuff, that. But this is, this is like, you know, this is the whole whole deal, mate. You have to put up with all the lunacy as well on a Monday. So fair play lunacy. to you. Lunacy. Well, any, any, anything can happen. Anything can happen on the Monday show. That's how it rolls. The Friday show, much more considered. We know exactly what's happening. We know exactly what we're going to talk about. Boom, 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 boom. Off it goes. Monday, anything can happen. Like you doing a bloody, you know, uh, a set list before the damn show started. You know, you don't get that on any other podcast, mate. That's for sure. No. Uh, So, Sam, as always, really delightful to see uh, one of the Football London uh, boys here with us on a Monday. Hopefully we'll get you back soon. Martin, you've been brilliant stepping up to the plate uh, in the absence of the poor back-knacked Clayton. Uh, Lovely to see you. Well done tonight. Been brilliant having you on. Cheers. Find- Sorry, I didn't, I'm,
1: I'm interrupting. I do apologise, Martin. You were saying Thank cheers. You. I just wondered if we need a song for Martin, if he's there replacing. There is him, one. Replacing what? Where I heard
0: it on Friday at the Tom Robertson band. Oh dear. <laughs> if you've ever had a brother called Martin, and then we all shout Martin. Oh yeah, we should. Do <laughs> oh, that. is that
3: what Tim Rose's mate was there? You were shouting at him.
0: Yeah. We <laughs> shouted shouted that, that at him at the game too. Uh, uh,
3: yes, I can imagine yeah. you did. <laughs> Sorry. it all makes it all makes sense now if you could
0: do better than tom robinson mate next time martin's on the show i will let you sing it to him but there you go uh now martin after that undue interruption uh lovely to see you tonight should we try again yeah uh, yeah let's
3: roulette, raise all that yeah it was um yeah good to be here obviously uh i
0: hope clayton gets better soon but um
3: yeah always nice to be on here thank you
0: always lovely to have you on and last but by no means least his Royal Highness, his em- the Eminence Grease himself, Mister Jonathan. Kidd. Can I be the uh, Eminence
1: Bleu? Yeah, um, I went out with Tom Robinson's sister. Did she so- really?
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, unbelievable.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> unbelievable. It's, she was well, nice. I liked
1: her. Yeah, she she left me for a much taller, more foreign man. I understood.
0: If I had a pound for the number of times I've been on this show and we talked about somebody relatively famous, and John says, "Oh yeah, I went out with her," or "I went out with her sister," or. Or went out with her brother, or whatever it was. You know, it's, it's... not brother. Just... Excuse me. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm joking. But it's well, just... maybe, maybe I was drunk I'm at the time. That. So that's the stock yeah. answers to that. I'm just. I was very drunk at the time. You know. JK, you're a loon. It's lovely to see you as always. Really nice to Thank see you, you on Saturday to you. too. We had a nice little chat after the game. I, I enjoyed did.
1: that. We did. Lovely to see you. Don't see you enough.
0: James. Yeah, absolutely. Lovely to see everybody. Enjoy yourselves tomorrow, people, and think of me struggling to find a stream to watch the game. Right. Thank you for listening. Oh, by the way, people in Mixle, Mixle are lovely to see you too. You've been brilliant as always. Been reading your posts. Uh, Thank you for coming, as always. Right, thank you for listening. See you next Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it careful, keep it chills. Up the (laughs) chills! Up the (laughs) chills!